Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show podcast, a place about games, friends, getting better. My name is Ben Hansen, joined by old Smiles McGee, Jeff Marquiafaba. That's me. That's what everyone says That's about That's right. Joined by Kyle Hilliard. Hello. Hello. I'm here. Welcome to the show. And Janet Garcia. Hello. Welcome, everybody. This is a very exciting episode of this podcast. We are talking about a lot. Um, what was it? Like Monday night, Janet? You sent that leak, uh, the link of the Xbox leak stuff. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, this is the podcast now, right? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I guess if people want to talk about it. But to be honest, I hadn't really dove in yet. And then diving in, it was like, oh, okay, this is this is absolutely the podcast. Uh, so we'll be talking about the big Xbox leak from the FTC, which basically outlines their plans up until 2028, which is uh, bananas, a bananas thing to happen. Um, I know last week's episode of the podcast, we kept talking about like, uh, it's a shame. I know we recorded this early, so we don't get to talk about the Nintendo Direct and State of Play. Um, we might do, well, we will do a little bit of a recap for those uh, things that stood out from those two big showcases last week, which is old news to you. Um, but we're really going to dive into one thing that was shown during the State of Play showcase, uh, which was definitely the highlight for me, which was, of course, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, that new trailer. Uh, and the reason this episode is going live a little bit later for people uh, who are Patreon supporters, normally if you support us on Patreon, you get an ad-free version of this podcast a day early, you know. Uh, but the reason it's a little bit later than normal is because I went out to L.A. and got to play Final Fantasy VII Rebirth last week, and the embargo has lifted. So we're going to dive into all those details, and Jeff's going to smile and nod like the best of them. Uh, Jesus. We're all going to be so happy for you, Ben. I'm counting on <laughs> that's, it. That's what it's going to be. I, you all played the game. You all finished that last yes, game. I, yes, but your fandom uh, eclipses all of ours. Uh, you love it, and I'm so excited How many times did you, you cry when you were playing it? <laughs> None. Right in front of a PR person. <laughs> None. I asked for three boxes of Kleenexes just in case, but yeah, it was a, it was a dry run. You didn't uh, specify why you needed I was I was thinking the same joke, actually. Come on, ladies <laughs> okay. and gentlemen. Hey, look at this. We're also squeezing in a conversation about Lies of P. A true video game title for the ages. Uh, we're going to be talking about Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty. Kyle has played a lot of it, and he's talked to the devs, all that fun stuff. Um, also, we're going to be talking about Mortal Kombat 1, specifically the story mode without spoilers. Uh, we're going to be talking about Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, and then back half of the show, community questions. If that's not a podcast, frankly, I don't know what is. Uh, which brings quit. me... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> brings me to my first point uh, of order on this very podcast is if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for being here. Uh, you can help support the show directly. We always plug Patreon, which is great in its own way, you know? Uh, but if you want to help support the show in a different kind of way, you can always subscribe to the MinMax show on your favorite podcast app. And there's a special treat for people who are subscribing on their favorite podcast app. It's a totally free feed to just subscribe to the MinMax show is if you leave a review... Let's see, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you leave a review on any of those days on Apple Podcasts and include in your review some way to contact you, we're talking Twitter handle, Discord handle, whatever you like, probably one of those two, leave a way to contact you, leave a review... Uh, please don't. <laughs> I guess if you really address, want to, but yeah, uh, please don't. Uh, but the point so is, security. if you leave a review, we will randomize it, and we're giving away two codes for Star Wars Jedi Survivor on any system, any system whatsoever. So if you want to be in the running, and your odds are going to be pretty good because I don't know how many people are going to do this to get a code for Jedi Survivor. That's the Star Wars game, folks, from this year. Uh, you can leave a review for this podcast and subscribe to the MinMax Show podcast on your favorite podcast app if you're watching this on YouTube. And that's your ticket for a free code for Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So uh, a little tip of the cap to thee, as they say in Star Wars. Well, hey, Jeff, can we talk about games yet? 
Sure. <laughs> All right. Here we go, everybody. Uh, the big Xbox leak. Um, Kyle, walk me through your experience of the saga unfolding online. Oh, yeah. So it was Tuesday morning, and it really was like just like, oh, my God, Tuesday is just an explosion of like what is happening. It's uh, I have the document. It's 271 pages, and I think Jesus. its purpose was like, uh, something that had been put together for like high-level Microsoft executives to see like what the Xbox is doing in, in the future, right? Is kind of the idea, and um, the FTC did not leak it explicitly. They made sure to make that clear, but it was associated with the, all the lawsuits that it got. It was an attachment on something that someone happened to track down, and it yeah showed things like new models of consoles, and you know internally the words "Dishonored 3 have been it's... raised and things like that. Um, yeah, it's a wild, weird thing. It's a huge, it's a huge leak. It's a huge one. Yeah. So the idea is, yeah, somebody on Resetera apparently found like, oh, okay, there was some attachment that you couldn't see, but if you brought this court document, and uh, the FTC, Microsoft stuff, you don't remember this is because of the acquisition of Activision, all this stuff was posted. And remember like all that, <laughs> there's a bunch of Sony stuff that got leaked, the, the prices of Last of Us 2's development and Horizon Forbidden West. It's like that court case has just been like a supernova oh explosion of leaks yeah. for the industry. Yeah, and so somebody brought this in, and it's like, oh, an Adobe Reader, you can unlock all these all this paperwork outlining the future of Microsoft. And then there's a big blame game. And the FTC is like, it wasn't us. They sent us those links and we put them up. I don't know what you want from us. Don't blame the government. Yeah, they said that quicker than Phil Spencer acknowledged the league. Right. <laughs> They're right. like, that's not us. Okay. Uh, so this was uh, in 2022. Some of the stuff dates back to 2020 for like emails and stuff. But 2022 seems like is when this all went up. And before we even jump into it, yeah, Phil Spencer did tweet out, said, we've seen the conversation around old emails and documents. It is hard to see our team's work shared in this way because so much has changed and there's so much to be excited about right now. And in the future, we will share the real plans when we are ready, you stinkers <laughs> online. So, How long do you think it took to make that statement, like to write it out? Oh, that's that's uh, a good 10-hour tweet. That's, that's your yeah. whole night and whole morning. Mm-hmm. But I and do think... Yeah, he's yeah. in Japan as well right now, I believe. Oh, for TGS. Right? Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, so that is... Uh, it's, I think it's a... You say it all the time about Phil Spencer, great PR guy. I do think that's the best spin you could put on this. Is like, look, that's old. We'll, we'll reveal the truth later. Are we lying? Find out, you know? Um, <laughs> Janet, the biggest is probably... The mid-console cycle refresh, Project Brooklyn? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you want to run that down? Do you have some details there? My The first thing that comes to mind off the top of my head is the shape. Mm. Like, it's the cylindrically shape. Um, also, like, all your discs are going to be useless soon. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, which it's interesting because a lot of these are things I think we sort of you know expect to a degree like there's a lot of um mid-gen refreshes at this point like yeah. it's not shocking to think that there would be one but it is rare to put again we don't know for sure how it's gonna shake out but how to to potentially have it so far down the line especially when you know there are people a lot of people who like don't have this generation console yet who maybe now if they are seeing this are definitely like well i'm just gonna wait then yeah for yeah. to hop in on that but yeah it's shaped like a cylinder it doesn't have a disk drive <laughs> Um, hmm. is the cylinder better than the block is the question that I, and it has more storage and it's like a little bit you know yeah. faster and nicer like it's it's what you'd expect from like a mid-gen kind of thing but yeah how do we feel about the design versus what they have is this an improvement 
I kind of like it. It looks a little bit like a like an Alexa or something, you know, like yes. having the weird cylinder look to it. But I, I like consoles the big... always look like something else. Is the only thing I don't really like about that. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't dislike it. I think it's neat. I think it's fun that it's so different. But I mean, practically, I still prefer the box. I mean, just the fact that I can lay it on its side and stuff is is nice. It's an Xbox. It isn't a box. Is this yeah. the first yeah. non-box Xbox? Oh my God, non-box mm. Xbox. Yeah, this is the first non-box Xbox. Well, the, the 360 was kind of. It had its smoothness, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. it, it had curvy some box. edges on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, certainly the round is a box. For sure. Really. Yeah. It, yeah. It's so wild that a while ago Phil Spencer was talking about like, hey, I think it was an IGN interview where he's like, we're not going to do one of those mid console uh, refresh things in the generation. Like, we're not that interested in this. Is it's not the equivalent of like a, you know, Xbox. One X or the PS4 Pro, like it's not that much more powerful inside or anything. It's just going to be, hey, the same price, going to be five hundred dollars, and yeah, we're upgrading. It's going to be two terabytes, I guess. But then, yeah, the big thing is whole redesign for the look of it, and then no more disk drive, which is wild because also the PS5 Pro that's been leaked as well, um, that also does not have a disk drive. So without making eye contact with anybody on this podcast, like GameStop has to be, I would say crapping their pants, but. I don't know what's going on over there anymore. So at least they <laughs> talked about it. I'd imagine is this Certainly, is a yeah. bold era for for all of the first party companies at this point. I wonder yeah. too what will happen to like smaller companies like Limited Run, I'm Eight Bit. Obviously, they mm. do things that aren't just video games, like both of those companies do. But I wonder what those conversations are like as well. Yeah, which that's guys, that was already kind of a niche thing, but it's interesting in this very much being the beginning of the end. Like. Yeah. We'll be lucky if next generation has any disk drive option at all, even yeah. attachable. I frankly. think you're right. And then the one after that, I feel like definitely not. Yeah. I saw some stat. I don't remember who was sharing. It was uh, over at IGN. Um, they were talking about they, uh, that 75% of Xbox owners are Series S owners. No. Which, is, yeah. I mean, I had the same reaction. I was like, that percentage seems wildly disproportionate. And I think there's just... A disc-based like media is just going to continue. Just, it's like going to continue to be a niche thing. It, I think it's already more niche than we even sort of give it credit for. Yeah. Um, I uh, find that it, while you're you talking, know, I'll find out who said that because uh, I did think it was interesting. It is, you know, sign of the times, I guess, and it, it does strike me as being sad. It's not like they're going to take the other ones off the market, yada yada yada, you know. But at the same time, then I look around at my uh, shelves and it's like, well, I have one PS5 game and it's Resident Evil Four. And like that is really it for like physical versions uh, or physical games in this generation. Uh, but let's see. Other stuff with this thing uh, is the controller also leaked. It's a probably bigger redesign uh, than some people were expecting where now it has gyro controls. Curious to see how that's going to be incorporated into which games. Uh, and then also... Inc- well, I actually saw it uh, as more of uh, being on par with PS5 games. Like, right? The additional rumble options and yeah. motion controls just lets them take advantage of features that are already be creating already the features, for the features that no one uses for ps5 to begin yeah. with yeah but yeah. they also said something it's, about like the haptics in the bottom of the controller can double as speakers that's what i was confused about as well that was in the fine print there yeah uh yeah i guess they yeah. do make noise oh by the way it was um yeah there's, there's an ign story uh, rebecca valentine um friend of the show shared that IGN story at yeah, 75% of Xbox owners are Series S owners. Whoa, that's yeah. wild. From from has that leaked anyone, document. Huh. I, I've, I've only seen a couple of write-ups of the leak, but has anyone like quantified if 
or how much more powerful these consoles are going to be? Because my my initial impression of it when I when I first read a couple articles was it seems to just mostly be bigger hard drive, better Bluetooth or whatever, yeah. and that they're not really touching. It's it's not going to be like Xbox One X was yes. to Xbox One. Correct. Seems um, to yeah. be that way. Yeah. This yeah. is more like if you didn't already have the console, you'd get this one. I'm sure yeah. a few people would swap, but honestly, there's not really a reason to. Like, if you've had the the console, you probably already have, you know, added storage or used the storage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a reason to really trade in versus the series or the whatever the better with the one X, right? Like series a, X, and a step <laughs> yeah. up or the series. Yeah. X. I don't know all yeah. of them, right? Oh, like, it's, whatever. It's, confusing. it's a mess. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, is, which is nice. I, I did also see. I wanted to shout out that. Uh, yeah, like the the new controller. The hap, the you know, like adding gyro controls and whatever yeah. seems like who cares and what is the point at at this stage? But I am happy that they finally said that it will come with rechargeable batteries in it that you can also, I guess, swap out. Um, mm-hmm. Which is the first time that they've finally moved away from AA batteries, which I complain about all the time because it's it's such a massive waste that I'm. I'm happy that at least they're finally doing that. Yeah. Um, and then the other weird thing about the controller is uh, it, has it has like... pants. What's that? It has pants. It does have pants. <laughs> yeah, the little haptic part on the bottom, it looks like a, it's like a split tone thing. I think it's kind of cool looking. Um, I want to touch it for sure. Uh, there's yeah, no, no doubt. absolutely. <laughs> All right, I'm glad you're on the same page. But then the weird thing is it also like streams directly to the cloud, kind of like the Stadia controller did. So in theory, it's for lesser latency for the cloud streaming stuff if you're playing a game pass whatnot which leads to also where they're going in the future saying that they're releasing their and this is where it's a little bit hazy and maybe you all uh can shed some more light on this but they did in 2028 they're releasing a hybrid gaming platform and the overall pitch of like oh it's not like a new generation for xbox it's an ecosystem is the way they're putting it and it's more of a thin operating system that will work across every device. So basically the next generation of Xbox and this leak is confirmed to be, there will be a box, I'm sure, but also it's more just the idea of now this is even easier to play on your phone, on your tablet, blah, 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 blah. The stuff that you can basically do now anyway, but just leaning more into that, uh, you know, less of a focus on the main box, more of a focus on cloud gaming, yada, yada, yada. Sure. Is, is that exciting for anybody? <laughs> No, it's not. no, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. All right, look, there, um, there's a lot of details been, still to come. Th- that's been their ethos like forever. Like even if you go back to like their bad decisions of like the always online stuff, like right. they've always wanted all digital, all plugged in. Like you know, you tuned into their ecosystem and their stuff, yeah. as much as humanly possible. Like, and obviously leadership has changed over those years, and they've gone back on some of those decisions. But I feel like that's always been their North star, like whatever you plug in, you're plugged into Microsoft and the rest is just like, I mean, it's dramatic. It's a Trojan horse. Cause I'm obviously they care. The people that work there care about the projects and stuff, but you know, ultimately I, they have other kind of priorities. And I yeah. think this is like their way to, this is what they do best. Like having an ecosystem, like that's their, that's their lane. That's their niche. I think that's what makes them, identifiable in the market space and so it doesn't surprise me that they're leaning more heavily into that and obviously they want the other stuff too right they they'd love to you know own nintendo they'd love to have (laughs) these first party titles but that's hasn't really you know they're working on it right like i don't think that's really their bread and butter or what they do super well at the moment like the biggest strength they have is the game pass ecosystem stuff so obviously they think that's the future as well at least 
they did at one point when they made the slide. Right, right. And <laughs> you mentioned the, the buying Nintendo thing. That's maybe the most tantalizing thing about all this is I guess there were emails back and forth where it seemed like somebody just within Microsoft was like, hey, why don't we buy Nintendo? And then Phil Spencer sent an email that now is in the public thanks to this leak, which is just weird. Um, I was going to say mind-boggling, but people in party chat, there's a couple of cooks in Australia and uh, one of them called in because they listen to the podcast apparently every Friday morning in the kitchen, this Australian uh, kitchen. And he said cool. that I say mind-boggling uh, almost every episode. And wow. they really react to it. So my goal is to strip mind-boggling out of my lexicon for the Australians. Anyways, the mind-boggling thing about this whole thing is <laughs> Phil Spencer then has to explain why it's challenging to purchase Nintendo <laughs> within Microsoft. <laughs> and he's like, hey, look, that'd be awesome. That'd be career-defining. But uh, they are sitting on a lot of cash. But I think it'd be good for both of us, and we could finally get them away from their uh, custom hardware and get their games everywhere and stuff. So it's just... it's. So strange to see that much insight into a company of like, let's just see internally how Phil Spencer addresses the idea of Microsoft owning Nintendo and how a corporation can look at something that would be so gut-wrenching to the outside world. I Ben, you have a really great memory for this kind of thing, but I was surprised that that was like a headline because I thought Microsoft had frequently like for years have always been like yeah we would buy nintendo of a yeah. heartbeat if it was Wait, i've seen that ha- i've seen that headline before too like yeah. this is like what? the same story again yeah they've talked about that like a million years ago i don't know if anyone wants to oh over oh Google, like Google. from in like 2000 yeah just like yeah. the idea of it like yeah. I, like because the, the headline was like microsoft wants to buy nintendo and my so, reaction yeah, was kind of like yeah, I know. <laughs> like, yeah, they, yeah, I guess they were kind of laughed out of the room when they were starting yeah. up. They wanted to buy Nintendo. Right. And apparently, well, I guess, I guess right. back then they actually like not tried, but this was just like they were talking like at the water cooler. Meeting, right. You know, yeah. it was, like, it was not versus the other one. But still, I mean, I understand the internal email nature of it, of like it is really fascinating to see them talk about it in a real way. But it just it just struck me as odd. It's like, I thought this was like a known thing, but that they yeah. would love to do it. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. shouldn't be surprised. There's definitely some people online who are like, oh, it's so gross to see Phil Spencer and Matt Booty, their internal emails where all they want to do is spend Microsoft's money and win the console. Generation. They it's only like, want one thing and it's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, well, what do you think? The thing they were explicitly hired to do yeah, yeah. so I, we shouldn't be too surprised but there is wild stuff in that email about also he's like phil spencer's like yeah you know we're constantly watching nintendo constantly watching valve like it'd be cool to buy them but you know probably not likely but then they also talk about and this is an older email they talk about buying zenimax before that happened you know bethesda and they're like yeah we're also eyeing up uh, warner brothers interactive but we wouldn't get any of the ip so i don't know if it's worth that investment but like it's crazy to know that that was that close to happening that apparently was discussed in that internal email um there's also uh, game leaks. If you don't want to know about these game leaks, you can jump ahead a little bit, I guess. I understand there are people who are like, ah, it's kind of a bummer to learn about that ahead of time. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, well, but, but also, I mean, grain of salt with all this stuff. I mean, sure. Spencer's not wrong. This stuff's old. Like, mm-hmm. who knows if any of this actually will come to fruition or not. But I, yeah. I understand your sort of a disclaimer there. Ben. I'm, I'm sure people don't want to know. Yeah. Uh, number one, there was an email where they said, or a uh, I think there's a document there where they said that Elder Scrolls 6 may be released only on Xbox and PC, which it seems like for the public, everything they've been communicating uh, has been, oh, no, if it's an established franchise, we want to keep it on as many systems as possible. Um, so this is a little bit of a change as far as I could tell from what they've been messaging. Um, so get ready for that for Elder Scrolls 6. But then also uh, Wild Bethesda stuff where... There's an Oblivion remaster coming, which was leaked outside cool. of this separately, which is cool. Super smart idea. Uh, Fallout 3 remaster. Also, it's like, yep, that's going to make a gazillion dollars. That'll be awesome. Where it gets shocking, a Ghostwire Tokyo sequel. 
Did not see that coming from Tango. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's weird because that was the... Maybe it was a placeholder? Maybe, who knows? But like, yeah, so that was the PlayStation exclusive that eventually came to Xbox, but the idea that Xbox owns Tango and now they can lock down the sequel, uh, sure. Um, and then exciting, uh, Dishonored 3 is apparently in development in some phase, presumably from Arcane Lyon, the studio in France. But it was interesting to see like Harvey Smith, who's at uh, Arcane Austin, uh, and he was, you know, the lead for the first one, first Dishonored. He tweeted out when this leak happened, he tweeted out a bunch of old sketches of the first Dishonored. So I wonder, I wonder if he's trying to send a signal that maybe he's involved or heading up Dishonored 3 or if it's going to be strictly the Deathloop team that makes Dishonored 3 at this point. But I feel like after Redfall, a lot of us were saying, like, just get a win, Arcane. Go back and make a cool Dishonored game. And it's nice to know that apparently Microsoft had the same sentiment internally and that thing's on the runway somewhere. Uh, Jeffem, what's most exciting to you about that entire batch? I, I'd say Oblivion, probably. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of sad. I shouldn't, I should say Dishonored 3, but honestly, <laughs> like, I'll go back and play Fallout 3 and Oblivion again. Yeah. Yeah. I think Oblivion is still my most played Bethesda game, even having enjoyed Starfield so far. Really? Uh, yeah. Did, did you see... There was also a mention in these documents, and again, this is so weird that Sony stuff gets wrapped up in here, but the FTC, when they're dealing with you know all these companies, that there was a mention of Horizon Online, which had also been leaked separately, that they're making an online multiplayer version of Horizon in some way, but it's so weird to see, like, oh, it's actually referred to in this document as Horizon Online, apparently. Um, Horizon Online. Horizon Online. <laughs> uh, also, uh, blew it. there's an email from Sarah Bond in there from Microsoft where they're talking about how much it costs to get games on Game Pass, which is like, pff, this is this is the cool insider juice here. But apparently Assassin's Creed Mirage ballparking, they say, would cost about $100 million to get on Game Pass. They'd have to give Ubisoft $100 million for that. Uh, $300 million for Star Wars Jedi Survivor. They could have just left a review for the MinMac show on iTunes. It doesn't seem that hard. Uh, but yeah, $300 million for Jedi Survivor, which she said was, quote, the crown jewel, but would not be a good return on investment. And this is the part that's just a kick in the gut, is they're spitballing the price for different things. And they're like, uh, yeah, we could get, I don't know, Baldur's Gate 3 on Game Pass for $5 million, but it's, quote, a second-run Stadia RPG. So apparently oh, no. that did happen. Who that paper trail's rough. Yeah. I don't even blame them. Like I don't, I, you know, like that's yeah, especially sure. like two or three years ago. I don't think that is an insane yeah. sentiment. But in 2023, that is an absurd sentiment. Five million, you could have had it in theory, you know. Uh, but who knows? But I forgot there was that stadia involvement early on with Baldur's Gate three. But it's so bizarre. That's the way they're seeing it. But like that weirdo thing. It's like right. okay, now we're gonna we're gonna all act like we didn't have that same thought before. Like let's be honest. No, guys. check like, the tape. No. Check the tape, Janet. I was always saying it was game of the year. I was always saying it. I, yeah. I backed Sarah one hundred percent. People were clocking Not this quote from a mile that away. weird thing that Sarah will play and no one else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's something like that. Ugh, I still had a real. I, think about this all the time where I was interviewing Sven from Larian Studios back at Game Informer as like an E3 podcast and as like developer roundtable. And we're talking about Baldur's Gate 3 for a while. And then I called it, as I was talking about it with him, to his freaking face, I called it Dungeon Siege 3. And he's like, you mean Baldur's Gate? I was like, wait, what did I say? He's like, you said Dungeon Siege 3. But it's like, it was a nice sign. Like I, those two game concepts are like so linked to my mind. Like, eh, hey, one or the other. It's That's all the so same funny. to me. Very offensive. I apologize uh, a thousand times. Um, but there's a, an, another interesting little tidbit in this leak where they're talking about getting Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga on Game Pass. And then they had like a whole list of like pros and cons and stuff. And they mentioned in that uh, quote, 
negative they're talking about like oh can we get this on game pass can we get the dlc on there as an exclusive the team would have to rush yada 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 but they mentioned quote negative crunch culture press will make them not want to push teams unreasonably and that's like it's so fascinating to see that little glimpse of like okay you know there are all those people out there saying enough with these stories about studio crunch who what does it matter it's like oh it's nice that there's actual tangible impact here of people being like hey Yay. uh gt games they're working really really hard a lot of people complaining about crunch within that studio and so it's like yep you write stories about that and then that results in the team not being pressed further because of this that's so a, a small little cool victory for the press there i think um, ton of stuff. It's it is truly. I'd say it boggles the mind. Uh, this leak overall. Uh, you think it's bigger than the GTA Six leak, Kyle? Um, yes, I I do because it encompasses more. It touches more things. Yeah, because like I was, I still think like Half Life Two and GTA Six are like the biggest singular game like leaks. But this just touches so many different things that it, it feels it feels bigger yeah uh, in a way yeah uh speaking of bigger uh last thursday was uh a huge day for game news uh i was on the road so it was a weird time to have all this stuff drop but we did uh reaction streams you can check it out on min youtube channel if you want to see the full recap of all these things and all of our thoughts on this uh let's see what's what's popping the most nintendo direct hit me somebody what would you love Princess Peach Showtime. Yeah, Princess Peach Showtime. Uh, we saw the tease of it before. Basically, just like, hey, Princess Peach standing on a stage. Uh, ambiguous Peach game coming in 2024. Uh, and now this is the first real blowout of a new Princess Peach game. What stood out to you about it, Kyle? I just was like happy to see what the core idea was. And it looks like it's a little bit platformy, a little, a little mini-gamey, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it, looks, it looks fun. It looks just kind of... It looks... Like, it's geared towards younger players, I think, which I'm okay with. Yeah, Peach on a stage, and she's getting different costumes. And it's like, okay, you're a detective. Now you're doing detective sections. Now you're a karate lady Peach, and you're kicking butt. Kung butts. Fu Peach. Kung man, Fu Peach, please. Uh, I've just finished Mortal Kombat's campaign. I should know these differences. Uh, and now she's making a cake, all that fun stuff. Do you think um, you think your daughter's going to be into this, Kyle? Or is she too old for this? Do you think this is ideally, like, a little bit younger for her? No, because you're fighting stuff. She's out. Uh, That's like all it takes. Really? Right. Peace. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that was that was hot. Did anybody um, lose their mind for the F zero ninety nine reveal? No. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I like F zero a lot. It, it, was, but... it was cool. I I like F zero X a lot on N sixty four, and I would love like a gt like re- bring gt to switch yeah. you know that would be the exciting announcement for me but i'm not i don't even like playing multiplayer f0 i just want to play single player f0 so that's sure good. that's an angle i think it's a really smart way for them to like test the waters to see hey, how much juice does f0 have it's it's cool fan service and honestly look i played it and it didn't exactly knock my socks off but i've seen so many people in the minmax discord talking about like this is so much more fun than i was expecting like there huh? there is a passionate fan base for this game uh which is nice to see uh also the big reveal of the return of paper mario with paper mario the thousand year door remake coming in 2024 obviously jeff and i saw like the big takeaway of this direct is a lot of people being like this is kind of the remake era of the switch like that is the era of this console's lifespan but i don't mind it so much when we have super mario rpg coming and then also the following year paper mario the thousand year door uh looks so good uh, i know people online are, are breaking it down that it's like 30 frames per second which is a, a bummer compared to 60 in the original 
um, which is strange. Hopefully by the time we're released in 2024, that'll be up to 60 because, you know, it looks good, but the original looks so good. You're saying no, Janet? No, like I kind of lost all faith in that kind of stuff. I remember like at E3 playing Link's Awakening and being like, is this how it's going to run when it's out? And they're Mm -hmm. like, yes. And I'm like, that's rough. (laughs) So I just feel, which 30 frames, it's fine. Like it's not that kind of, I don't think it's a game that needs 60. I love 60, but I don't think it needs it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about this. I really, really love that game. It's always a toss-up in my mind between the original and Thousand Year Door. I'd probably go the original Paper Mario's. I like more. It's just a little shorter, simpler, sweeter, cleaner. Uh, but Paper Mario Thousand Year Door is ambitious and big and awesome. And I did have a, a weird reflex watching this trailer now in the light of the internet in 2023 and seeing like Madame Flurry go on the screen for a second and be like, oh no, the internet, the internet has gotten so much hornier. People are going to be so <laughs> weird with these Mario, paper <laughs> Mario characters now. This is a whole new era. It's in. Uh, but that's it. Any other highlights anybody wants to shout out? Luigi's Mansion. Uh, it, Dark yeah. Moon. Yeah, the Dark Just Moon. Just because I like, I like the Luigi's Mansion franchise. So it's like, okay, people who didn't play it before can get a chance to check it out even though it is a step back from three if you've played three. But yeah. like, this is still cool to just kind of have them I mean, I kind of just wish they were like in a. I know it's just a pair at this point because it's like one and two, but like I kind of wish there was just more ways to play like that older stuff more easily and yeah. comfortably. Like I know they've kind of done it before. This is definitely like a. It's like an if in case you missed it, the direct. Yes. Um, like for me, yes. Thousand Year Door, I never played it, so Ooh. I am looking forward to playing that in the modern era easily. But yeah, a lot of this stuff was a little old. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's fair. It was a short look, but. Um... I'm excited for Mario versus Donkey Kong. Really? That's oh, your jam. Right. That, yeah. that kind of puzzly, you know, a little bit of, they kind of framed it as like, there's going to be a little bit of logic that you have to figure out for these <laughs> little puzzle things. And it's like, okay, you did, got me. Did you play those old like, games? Yeah. Okay. Nice. And it seems yeah, like it's, this- it's, it's a fun, it's a fun way to, to kind of do Donkey Kong beyond like the initial premise mm-hmm. of, of what Donkey Kong was. Uh, then the big uh, state of play. Um, maybe less exciting except for the final trailer in there, but there's a lot of good stuff in here. Janet, I assume we're on the same page with this, maybe because we watched the stream together, but like, I don't think there's any doubt that Spider-Man 2 is going to be an awesome game from Insomniac. I feel like if you had to make your safest picks, safest bets for just games that'll be rocked all this year, that seems up there, right? Um, but what did you learn from uh, that latest gameplay demo in the state of play? For the Spider-Man stuff? Yeah. I would say, like, my big takeaway, which I, I mentioned in the reaction, so if you watched it, sorry that it's just me repeating the same thing, but um, it's just the way they're trying to spice up the, like, iconification, the Ubisoftification of the open-world game, right? You open right. the map and there's a lot of icons. It does feel like they're trying to find ways to create more of those kind of... And again, a lot of games have done this, so I don't want to give say everything was Breath of the Wild, but more of those Breath of the Wild moments of you're standing in a spot and you're looking out into the horizon and you're kind of picking something to go at rather than, you know, selecting an icon and sort of swinging your way towards there. Like, it seems like they want you a little bit more immersed in the world. I felt, I feel like even with two, when you start to look at like the preview covers that arose, like I know, um, Paris and Danny over at Gamertag Radio, they had that interview about you can be one Spider-Man and you see like the other Spider-Man fighting crime, like in the city. So stuff like that is like, is like surfacing a lot too. Um, so I feel like all of that speaks to their what I what I perceive as an attempt to create a more immersive, integrative, graded open world that isn't just about like, hey, what's my next 
item on the checklist to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just on a much more superficial level, like it, the game looked good in presentations before, but seeing this and then seeing the previews from other folks too, like just the level of detail in the world seems to be just a huge bump up from already the impressive remaster of the PS4 game, you know? Just like seeing those city streets and how busy they are. It's, oh, I, I don't think I was fully prepared just for how good this game will look. I mean, I think it will be the rock solid, this is the game to show off your PS5 uh, by the time it launches in October. It looks so damn good. The uh, hey. spider spider wings? <laughs> the you can spider just fly wings. now, apparently. Yeah? He, he just flies. Uh, they fly now. Cool. They fly. They fly now. Uh, they recognize that people really like the costumes, so they're like, we're going to put entirely too many in here. <laughs> yep. yeah. Let's go overboard. Do it, please. Uh, please do. Uh, also, a big surprise during that state of play was they revealed um, the DLC for Resident Evil 4 remake. Uh, the Ada focus stuff, separate ways, uh, is coming out right now. Uh, it is out September 21st, uh, and it I know there are people out there, they're like, oh, when are you going to do the deepest dive on that DLC? I would love to. It's a very tough time of year to squeeze in doing the DLC deepest dive continuation, but that would be awesome because I never played Ada's stuff back in the PS2 or anything for Resident Evil 4, so I'm curious how all that goes. Kyle, do you think you're going to get around to it? Yeah. Oh, you are? I was even, yeah. I was thinking I might even like play it like when it comes out. I'm like it can't be that long. Is it paid? I don't remember. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think I'll play it because like yeah, we'll get to it. But like I'm playing Cyberpunk, which hopefully I won't take me too long, and then I'll just move over to Resident Evil Four DLC, yeah. and then you know then it'll be October, and that's when the Spider Man and the Alan Wakes and all those will be available. All I right. got a little, a little window here. Well, if you're gonna play it, maybe we should talk more about it. Uh, yeah. But then they say that uh, PSVR 2 support for Resident Evil 4 is coming this winter for a, a brief update on that thing. Um, then, the end of State of Play, everybody, of course, was Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um, the new trailer, the release date trailer for this damn game. Uh, Kyle, you watched that trailer? Were you screaming? How were you feeling about everything? I was not s- screaming, but what? I mean, it's not... I was just like, this looks great. You got a segue finally. I've been waiting for that <laughs> segue. Oh, yeah. I do. I do I love. Too. You gotta love how the internet just grabs onto things in a weird way, and now it's all like fan art of Cloud writing a segue. <laughs> so silly. Like, yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, that is kind of the magical thing about this trailer is like they are just showing off the full range of gameplay experiences in this. Like, I think it's such a smarter angle for getting people excited. Compared to, look, I'm a dork for, like, the story-focused trailers, but even in the PlayStation blog, I feel like uh, Nomura and folks were talking about how they wanted this trailer to appeal to slightly different people than the full story geek. So just showing off, like, look, you're going to go to the Gold Saucer. It's going to be wild. You're going to see so much stuff. You're going to be flying chocobos around. You'll be driving segways in Costa del Sol just to try and remind you, like, this. it's a serious story, but... These games are fun. Remake is full of silly stuff. You'll get to see elaborate uh, man dances in, uh, you know, Gold Saucer there. It's going to be a silly good time. Uh, and they revealed the game's coming out February 29th, 2024, uh, which is a hell of a lot sooner than I was expecting. That's crazy. That is truly wild. Um, there. Okay, so my experience with this trailer was a little bit weird because we streamed our reaction to it and then did like a trailer breakdown on MinMax's YouTube channel. Janet and I did, if you want to see all that fun stuff. Um, but it was really strange because last week on Wednesday, I flew out to, uh, Janet's beautiful LA 
to go to a preview event for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, where I got to play the game for like hour and a half or so, kind of two separate demos. I guess they're also the TGS demos. We can we can break it down a little bit here. But the wild thing is, um, we came in to play the game. We all had stations set up and all this stuff. But like, just it's the classic thing of a game you're looking forward to this much, and it's just an avalanche of like, wait, what? Like happening at the same, like you walk in and they have the, the big printout of the key art for Rebirth on the side of the wall. And it's the key art with Sephiroth in the middle and then Zack and Cloud, like equal billing in that key art, which, you know, there's a lot with Seven that we can go into uh, on Party Chat or Bonus Podcast. But like just seeing that was like, Zack is in the key art? Like that is... Very telling based on where they left off for the remake at the very end there and whatnot. Uh, so we're going some places, folks. But then uh, they had up on the TV just like this slideshow. And this was before, I was playing it on Thursday, but it was before the state of play. But they had a slideshow just of stills from the trailer that none of us had seen yet. And so I was just losing my mind, like playing this game, but then keeping my eye on the slideshow because it's rotating through like, here's Kate Sith. Just, you get to see Kate Sith. Here's Rufus. Here's Vincent popping out of a coffin. Here's the Segway ride. Here's like the gold saucer, weird polygonal boxing fighting shot. Like all of just these amazing, really captivating stills in there to grab our attention. So it was, I don't think it was deceptive, Janet, but the weird thing is when we watched that trailer, I knew those things were going to be in there. Like there were still surprises that I didn't see coming. Like the fact that, Oh God. Hey, Jeff, at any point Mm -hmm. you need to raise your hand and say, this is too much. We're, we're going overboard with this. Uh, slow it down chief. Uh, but just in the trailer, the fact that they're talking about weapons and not the weapons you equip, but weapons, which are a big part of like the back half of final fantasy seven, basically giant monsters. Like, that those are in this trailer is something that is so confusing. And that is a fascinating thing about this trailer. And the thing that make me uh, pop the hardest is just there's stuff where it's like you have a rough sense of where this game's going to end and what they can include up until that road, right? Um, and then the part that was mind-boggling, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised about it because they're trying to sell it to us, right? Is how open they were about where it ended. I thought that was going to be a big mysterious tease, but in it seems like they're really trying to message the same way they didn't want anybody to be disappointed with seven remake. And they were very clear in the messaging. Like this stops at the end of Midgar, you know, they got out there pretty early and explained that. And it feels like they're doing the same thing here by saying, this is stopping at the forgotten capital, it's basically stopping at the halfway point for final fantasy seven, the original game. Um, but there's a lot up until that point. But what's wild about this trailer is there's a couple things where it's like, that is way after the forgotten capital like you see the town of medil as we all know and love it and it's like well so are they moving and so they say in the playstation blog post that they're moving some cities around in final fantasy 7 and so it's like okay they're just moving medil here but then the story stuff in medil is gonna be happening later there's a lot of dorky stuff you can get into and i want to jeff raise your hand Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> both my hands were paralyzed in speech. Because so you were so fascinated? Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, there's there's a lot. So the stuff before... No, I, please continue. I was just making a joke. I, no, I, no, I, I no. This is... It. I don't want to go too far in the deep end. That's for uh, the bonus podcast and stuff. We can we can unpack all that stuff with the community because there's I will say immediately amount. as soon as Kaz are talking, like, <laughs> me and Jeff were like, no, I'm here. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, well, it's, well, it's one of those things yeah. where obviously we're not going to... I don't have anything to relay to you. So this is just you. You're going to go. Don't let me do this solo. Don't let me go alone. No, 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 no. We're a team. Look, I don't know what happened in that game. Okay. Like Like, I played it, didn't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what I was going to say. When I, I watched the, I 
when I watched the presentation, I just watched your guys's because I was a couple days late. So sure. I watched your guys's and and it was, you. you know, like 15 minutes of Hanson absolutely freaking out being like, oh, my God, what? Oh, my God. And Janet basically being me in that situation of <laughs> smiling politely and being like, yeah, OK. And like I played that whole thing. I have I'm here for the people. Like the, the, it's, yeah. it's impressive the amount that you can glean from. You know all these short snippets because obviously you you love the series and whatnot and but it, it always amuses me your reaction to it of like oh my god they're showing that they can't possibly it's, and like for the rest of us it, it just like <laughs> washes over you know it's it it means nothing and so yeah. it's 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 not the big spoilers uh, for us as it is for hardcore fans. It's just been years of trying to figure out like yeah. the structure. That's the fun part I think of the remake series. Like how are they going to do this? What's changing? What's staying the same? It's just really fun on a development process level just to figure out like how are they rearranging this world? And so seeing, yeah, story stuff which was so much later that was not teased in the stills that I saw at the studio. That was the stuff that was like, wait, what? What are you doing here? Um, Kyle, if you recall the deepest dive on Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, there was, remember when... <laughs> The plate collapses, and there was that shot of the cat watching it all happen. It's like, damn, I do you remember that cruel world? And it was a lot of you screaming, "Who's that cat? What is this?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, a the, recurring bit on that uh, podcast. It's like, <laughs> "What is with the cat?" Yeah, it, literally well, one shot, right? I think it was yes. like two. It was like a shot of the cat running up from the back, and then a front-facing shot of it looking sad. <laughs> and then they're like, "All right, back to the main game." <laughs> Uh, yeah, you see more of that cat. Well, and, could have been clearer. Oh boy, yeah, this is yeah. where it gets confusing because the the cat the cat's oh, name as okay. we know it is Kate Sith. That's what we all called it growing up. Apparently, it's Scottish and it's actually pronounced Ket She, which I don't even okay. know if in Dirge of Cerberus they say it. And so there's a lot of debate, like how are they going to say this cat's name? For what it's worth, I watched the voice actor for Aerith, who's already recorded everything. Obviously, she did a reaction stream for the Rebirth trailer. She calls him Kate Sith. So I assume at some point in the VO session they would have directed her. And you're in the you're in the weeds there. Oh yeah, you got to join me in the weeds. It's great. Don't just visit it. Live in the Final Fantasy VII weeds with me, please. Uh, the question I have for you is yeah. like, it seems even more so in this part, and maybe I'm wrong, than the first part. It's it's uh, diverting right from the original game. Zach's there. I know Zach's deal now. I played his game. Oh sure. Well, do you don't you... know everything? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Do you like that? Like, are you excited? Is like part of the charm of like what's new? Or are you a little disappointed? That's like, I kind of just want to see the thing I love, like it looking prettier. No, I think that's the thing is I think the trailer confirms that it's going to be more faithful than you would think running oh. up to it, despite everything that I've said. Like, Zach, Zach, them, but Zach, Zach on that though? There. or is that an intentional? Wait, what was that, Janet? Do you trust, though, that that's true? Or do you think that's intentionally like misleading so it seems like where they're going with it is they're going to be running through a lot of the big beats you'd expect you know it, it, where it comes down to it being faithful is like oh they're recreating it seems like all the mini games from gold saucer chocobo racing is going to be in there there's a ton of stuff they said there's like 100 hours of side content um in rebirth which you know it's expansive but they're they're definitely pushing that hey this is kind of a, a bigger world that you get to explore not an open world but you'll have a lot of activities and stuff so a lot of that stuff might be optional but so it seems like it's surprisingly faithful rearranging some things there out which is interesting but then there are just gigantic question marks that they haven't really dove into in a huge way which is the zach stuff there's this guy that looks mm -hmm. like cloud but he has black hair and he has the buster sword who is this guy um and certainly if you finished remake there's some teases of what's happening with that even the first trailer for rebirth is kind of confirming some of those teases even further so that's a huge question mark and then in the trailer 
when Sephiroth is like, ooh, the reunions where worlds collide. That's another like, oh, okay, this is... This is another huge question mark is what they're doing with a quote-unquote reunion that's happening in Final Fantasy VII, right? Um, so it's it's not like it's game on completely different. I think the thrill is seeing okay. all your old friends looking great and being faithful, but then you're waiting for, pardon the pun, but a meteor to strike, which is what kind of Nomura, Zack, multiple timeline stuff is happening here. That's still the big, huge question mark. But the fact that Zack's on the key art, like that's, that is huge. That is telling, right? Um, but which leads me to the point that I played this game for an hour and a half, which we haven't right. really talked yeah. about. Why yet. Are, <laughs> so we should have probably pointed earlier. What's yeah. the game like? Is it good? Uh, yes, it is good. It is going to be pretty similar to remake. Don't expect like night and day difference in terms of, you know, it looks better, but it's not going to blow you away. I don't think for like, this is truly pushing the PS5 to its limits. Like it looks like a great version of remake, which is already a really great looking game, you know? Um, but so we saw, we got two demos. One was a little more story focused. One was focused on kind of the expansive world, as they put it. And so the story focused stuff was um, what they've shown in previous trailers. So I believe it's fine to talk about. But basically, it's a flashback sequence. It's called Cloud's Past in the original game. Um, And so remember in the earlier trailers, Kyle, where you see Tifa, but she's wearing like that cowboy hat. And you're like, why yeah, is Tifa a normal cowboy? outfit? Yeah. Super cool, normal stuff. Up there with her lifeguard skin. Uh, so that <laughs> all takes place in Cloud's Pass. So that's what you're playing through. Presumably, they wouldn't tell us, but presumably near the beginning, if not like the cold open of this game, is going to be flashing back to five years ago, this very pivotal moment in uh, Cloud's life and Sephiroth's life. Um, and Tifa's life. And a lot of other people's lives. Um, and so we played... Um, in Cloud's Past, and it's just kind of a little stretch of basically you're, you're climbing Mount Nibel uh, and getting to the top of that, and you get up to this big boss fight. But the cool thing is that you're controlling... So, okay. Oh, yeah. That's after Crisis Core? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep, for sure. Okay. Uh, and so... Got it, got it, got it. Hang on, now I'm second guessing. Yeah, this is after. You're not allowed to say anything about Kingdom Hearts after this whole thing, (laughs) just so you know. Because I'm playing Kingdom Hearts and I'm like, y'all think this is confusing. Look at that Final Fantasy. And again, it's like mashing them up. I'm like, no wonder this game is confusing. Because that's Final Fantasy is confusing. Well, yeah, the original isn't that bad. The ending of Remake makes it a fun kind of one. Kingdom Hearts one ain't that bad either. That's probably a fair point. Yeah. And so, uh, (laughs) anyways, so uh, Cloud's Pass, the fun thing is you get to play as Sephiroth which is a real thrill, right? And so the cool thing is like he has this retaliation stance he can go in where he's all about just parrying. And so it's really fun just to have an action-focused gameplay uh, game for Sephiroth because in the original game, he wasn't playable. He would just kind of... He was technically in combat with you and you got to see how awesome he was, but he would just kind of do his wacky moves, yada, yada, yada. Um, He has a move in this game called Hell's Gate and the ability is described as, quote, descend from the sky to impale an enemy. So you can do that whenever you want, just as Sephiroth. Just launch Hell's Gate, which is pretty cool. Uh, no, but it's funny with Sephiroth, like, there's a there's a big boss fight, and uh, they tease, like, One-Winged Angel, like, his, you know, the theme uh, playing through, even in that boss fight, as you're playing as Sephiroth, which is really satisfying. And it's just, like, jumping back into the game, I liked Final Fantasy XVI. I'm a, I'm a defender of that game. Um, but at the same time... Uh, jumping back into this, it's like this combat is just so much more fun than 16s for me. I'd rather have this combat any day of the week. And they made it so you have even more options to do with like synergies, which they had in Final Fantasy VII Reg- uh, Intergrade with a Yuffie DLC, which is quite good. 
Um, but they changed it up a little bit where now there's like two different types of synergies. One of them you're like blocking and then you can choose to do synergy moves that don't take up your ATB meter or you uh, can then build stuff up and then use synergies. And the point is that's just like fusion attacks with other people where you do like, you know, in the trailers, that cute shot of like Cloud and Sephiroth like back to back ready to slice and dice. Like that, those are those types of abilities, Adorable. which is a really fun way to take advantage of everybody and then interact with uh, your party members in a bigger way. Um, so that section is great. Yeah, the music is unbelievable from everything that I played, as you could probably imagine. There's just weird stuff like, there's this one section where you're like using a Zamboni on Mount Nobel to like clean up Mako gas. Just weird little yeah. gimmicky <laughs> stuff, but it's it's the good remake stuff in there. Um, and then uh, the biggest thing, again, while being cryptic, is like, I didn't even think about how they're going to address this, but playing through Cloud's past sequence, I'll be cagey, but like Cloud's acting and his animation in this sequence is something where it's like, of course, and I didn't even think of it, but if you know the original Final Fantasy VII, it'll stand out for you too, of just like Cloud is just so energetic in the sequence that it really stands out in an interesting way. Uh, but then uh, the more interesting part probably for everybody else is then you get to play in this open worldish, open region area, right? And so technically this is after you're leaving the Mithril Mines and we had like an hour or so to mess around in this area. And so leaving the Mithril Mines on your way to Junan, a town that I've always called Junan my entire life, but apparently it's Junan, so let that be known, everybody. Um, and it's they're going for like mini open world type stuff. They've added crafting, uh, so you can craft items, crafting high potions, different things that you, you can pick up and, and turn into items along your way. Uh, you're picking up a lot of resources along the way as well. Um, and so that's that's an angle. It seems fine. Like, it's weird to be, like, embracing kind of open-world design tropes without making an open-world game. You know? Like, Jeff, does that excite you at all? The idea of just open regions in Final Fantasy VII? No, not really. Okay. Well, they're there now. <laughs> I, I think I think it's fine. Uh, but oh, get it, hyped. It opens up new opportunities. Like, they're big on uh, different types of chocobos. You know, like, a, a section okay. of this game, it's like, okay, they have the chocobo farm in the original yes. game. Um, it's like, oh, this is this is a fun thing. Now, at least in this section, there were like multiple chocobo barns, farms that you can go to. Not the we didn't see the iconic one from the original, but it's just more like little uh, stations that you can go to where you can customize your chocobo and all this stuff. And there's also chocobo chicks running around, like little baby chocobos that have like leaves on their butts. And you can follow them around and they'll uh, set up like a chocobo station uh, wherever you follow them to and stuff. There's uh, there's fast travel, Jeffum, going around the world so you can jump back wherever you want to, which is interesting. <laughs> you love Starfield so much. You must I was literally thinking oh, of no. the same. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was thinking of the same Joe Kyle, literally. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like people would, will accept it more because you said it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you. Oh, my oh. God. Uh, let's see uh, this section um, oh where should we go uh, Red 13 is playable remember in the first game or in remake he was there in your party but you couldn't control him now the red dog thing you remember him Jeff the dog cat with the fire tail I do Charmander dog uh, I hear uh, from Marcus Stewart over Game Informer that he can also ride a chocobo oh my god it's excellent <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you want to see a, a like cat dog with a tail well, and fire, I'm trying to read Janet's up. face here. I can't tell if it's like disgusted like it. or like charming. I don't like that it talks. <laughs> like it creeps the voice actor. Like the the tone. Like it creeps me out. He's like his, wise, Janet. His voice doesn't match like his face, and I know he's like just no. still an animal. So, but it's, it's like just it's weirdly deep. It's like way too deep. It's like the deepest voice in the entire <laughs> game. 
How would you want so, a cat dog with a tail on fire? I don't know, out? but when I hear it talk, I'm like, this is some. Mm-mm, I don't like that. <laughs> I, don't I didn't care. like him. I don't I like, like the him. level Maybe of disrespect. Maybe he'll grow on me in this game because I'm more time. Char- I think you. But I was like, who is this? With and what's up with him? Final Fantasy games with characters with entirely too deep voices. It's like a thing now after 16. Well, uh, that's everybody in 16, I think. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, even mid is like, hello, nice to meet you. Um, <laughs> that's uh, Game of Thrones, though, right? Like, like, well, I don't know how I yeah, Anyways, Red 13 rides a chocobo. It's very silly. Um, he's he's fun. He moves so much faster in combat than you'd think. He's like Crash Bandicoot. It's like, just spinning all over the place. And he's big on like, if you're guarding, he builds up a vengeance meter, which you can pop. And then he moves even faster and has more attack attack powers, kind of his hook. Uh, so that is a very cool. Let's see. Cloud is level. He was level 21 for where we're at in this demo. But they confirmed that uh, your progress will not carry over from remake which is kind of a bummer. But if you have a save from Remake or Intergrade, uh, you will unlock Summon Materia. Uh, they'll give mm-hmm. you like a special bonus Summon Materia as like a thank you for playing that original game, but it's not going to import your entire save here. Uh, so you're running around this little area on the on the way to Junin. You get in there, and then it's a whole area in under Junin is what this area is now officially called, um, where if you played the original, that's where Priscilla, our dear friend, lives, and maybe her aquatic friend as well. And I don't want to spoil everything that happens in there, because but it's just it's it's a really fun, clever idea of like, oh, you're incorporating this in this moment, okay? Uh, and it made me laugh. So I wasn't crying, but I did laugh in this section because it is very silly how they're shaking things up, at least in that section there. But all right, uh, the court is adjourned um, for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um, any questions? Uh, n- no, but I c- can I tell you a secret, Hanson? Yeah. It wasn't until I watched your guys' reaction stream that I realized Final Fantasy VII Rebirth was the sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, like the, re- oh. the renaming? Like, well, this is the game that, that I've been waiting so long because I assumed it was some kind of like mobile crap, you know, <laughs> remake of like like the upteenth remake of Final Fantasy VII. Why? I don't understand why they didn't just call it Final Fantasy Remake Part Two. Because then I would know to pay attention to it. Yeah, but Jeff, um, Rebirth is a great place to jump onto the series, and they're hoping to attract a whole new audience. What's the, ne- oh, okay. <laughs> What's the next one going to be called, do you think, Ben? It's a great question. It's a great question. Uh, because it's probably going to be like Final Fantasy IV After Flight or something. No, because they want the re-thing. And then everyone will laugh at me again and be like, you didn't know this was part three the whole time? Well, you will be a fool no matter what. But there's, you know, it's like, oh, everyone thought this one was going to be called Reunion because it seems like it's a big component of the plot. They could, but then Crisis Core, the remake of that, ended up using Reunion. So I don't know where they're going to be going. Uh, Revenge, maybe, something like that, you know? Does does Rebirth make sense to, like, Final Fantasy VII nerds of, like, oh, just wait, you'll understand. Not especially, really, no. Not it's, that, it's just a random word that starts with re. Also, for audio yeah. listeners, I like that you're wearing this shirt. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we are, by the way, I got uh, multiple of these shirts. We're going to be auctioning them off for charity uh, during our extra live stream in early November. So Is there anything on the promotion. back? Oh, yeah, it's cool on the back. It's just, okay, hold on. Final Fantasy VII. Wait, you got to turn more. Okay, no, that's actually, I mean, it's pretty good. I don't, don't know, I don't know your shoulder cold. when you do it, because that was... <laughs> I was trying to see weird. if it was in the frame. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... What does um, it, what is okay. it, it says Final Fantasy VII. What does it say below the line? Oh, Ever Crisis. We can put duct tape oh. over that part if you want. That's the mobile game oh, so uh, that Jeff Crisis was confusing. Shirt? It's technically an Ever Crisis shirt, but that's not important. It's a Final Fantasy VII shirt. Did they give it to you while you were there? Or yeah, you just yeah. See, this is why, why did they I'm give confused. you an Ever Crisis shirt for a rebirth? 
Look, I would have happily taken a Rebirth shirt. Not available. They had uh, a warehouse filled with Ever Crisis t-shirts. They definitely so. were like, how do we get rid of these? We, we got, got a couple these. press bozos coming yeah. through. They won't know. And, and what is Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis? That's the mobile remake of the original and everything okay, else that we fine. talked about last week. That's the one with the, um, yeah. the lifeguard, right? That's the one with the lifeguard. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so Rebirth, uh, there are a ton of things to get into. I would love to unpack this in a geekier way um, with people who know Final Fantasy VII that are huge fans of Remake. They want to speculate about where the story's going, what's going on with Zach, all that fun stuff. So here's the thing. Uh, Party Chat, our bonus podcast, Patreon-exclusive podcast. Uh, you can unlock it by supporting patreon.com slash minmax with two ends at the $5 tier. Uh, but we also have the option, if you join the MinMax Council tier, the $20 tier, even just for one week, um, one month, I should say, you can call in and podcast with us directly. So the next episode is Monday September 25th at 12 p.m. Central. You call in via Discord, but I want the Final Fantasy VII fans to call in and we can go geeker, geekier than you could possibly imagine in all this stuff. So please, uh, let's unpack everything we've learned about Rebirth together because I need to uh, unload everything. So uh, this Monday, join the MinMax Council tier. Podcast with me. If you're if you're a true fan, you'll join us in that discussion because we Real need to dive fans deep. Only. That's <laughs> right. None of these fake-ass gamers that only played Remake. Good the con job. of having that be an entry point to your franchise is that if you, it's not a great entry point because it doesn't make any sense. It makes sense. It's just the ending is confusing, you know? It makes sense to you because you have the context. And to be like, fair. Like going in cold. Can you imagine going in cold? Because that's how everyone else was. I think like, you'd be just fine. And then the ending, is, as we talked about in The Deepest Dive, Kyle, remember? It's just like the ending It was just kind of like, what? It kind of just left everybody confused. But then... It's a fun thing of the more you dive into it and the more you watch Maximilian Dude on YouTube, to be honest, the more it's like, oh, okay, I see where they're going here. And it's at least an interesting angle. Um, Are we getting if, a rebirth deepest dive then? There's no universe where we don't. Uh, it's coming up February <laughs> February 29th, 2024. Ben needs it to like survive. Uh, like, he's just going to yeah, die. Yeah. Even if well, it's just this... him talking to himself. Mm-hmm. Well... I guess you can't call us a franchise because all of Final Fantasy is a franchise. Collect- it's weird because it's like a sub-trilogy instead of franchise. Would this be the first complete sub-franchise? You know what, oh, you know, oh, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? I right. suppose yeah, I suppose it would be. Yeah, I mean, well, we, did we do 2018 in Ragnarok? Did we do Ragnarok? Uh, we did 2018 at Game Informer. We did Spider-Man 1 at Game Informer. Count. So counting that stuff, we've kind of nah, kept up with God of War and Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hell no. No, nah, just like what just whatever I did before now, this is this is this is now. <laughs> okay. This crew, okay? Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Who you were before is irrelevant. I've always said it. Uh, Even if it's the exact same format. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up Game Informer. Hey man. Know. No one was diving until we start. We invented diving into games, That's okay? Right. Yeah. No one was one doing up it didn't before. Start it first. <laughs> Shut up! Now you're really 100%. reaching deep. No uh, one was doing this before us. This is all us. It's all original content. All right, Five Seven Rebirth. Call in. Let's geek out about it together, please. Party chat. Look it up. Um, Lies of P. We should unpack this thing. I need to let somebody else talk so I can catch my breath. Uh, Liza P is out. Uh, this is the Souls-like game that people were optimistic about, but I feel like everyone's opt- optimistic about, oh, this looks kind of like Bloodborne. We'll see how it shakes out. And then it turns out Liza P released, and everyone's like, wait, no, this is actually really good. They did a really good job with this. Uh, all three of you have been playing this thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, how are we feeling about Liza P in this room? Uh, I really like it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Janet I really likes it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you aren't usually a fan of this genre, it's safe to Correct. say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Uh, it does feel almost like a good intro to a Souls game in a weird way, because it's pretty linear and it's yeah. not that complicated. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it can 
eat. And it also has a story that you can follow. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm glad you're enjoying it, Janet. I, I, I like it too. Like if I look at the sort of like this year in particular, even like the, the souls likes that have come out, I, I it's pro- I think it's at the top of my list, you know, because um, there's also uh, Wo Long, which I liked quite a bit, and um, Remnant Two is pretty fun. But I I was surprised by Liza P. I was actually kind of pessimistic. I was like, this is a weird idea that looks nice, but I think when we get in our hands, it might kind of fall apart. But I I've been digging it, and I I, I like the world that they've created here. It's 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 compelling. It's so the story that's easy to get into is just the story of Pinocchio. It's um, it's more, it's closer to the robots uh, have taken over. It's more of like a Asimov kind of story, like oh, a really? Matrix pre-Matrix kind of thing. Because they made the, the when they, puppets and robots are kind of a similar thing. Sure, and Geppetto made these things, and they went crazy. And you're the, sort of the remaining robot that can maybe bring everyone back to normal. And the thing that works about it in terms of the story for me, anyway, is like the Pinocchio side of it was like felt so silly initially, but now what they've, they've just ba- it basically lets you instantly know a basic structure of these characters. It's like, Oh, I'm Pinocchio. And I met, I meet Geppetto. I, I understand that he's my dad. Yeah. There's more to it than that. He's like an inventor that thrust this world into chaos by accident with his inventions. But just having that understanding of like, okay, that's Geppetto. I have a character with me. Uh, uh, Jiminy, Gemini, which is like spelled differently. It's like I understand what you're supposed to be because I know what archetype you are, right. and so it like it kind of lets it be that weird, vague souls like kind of storytelling where it's like they're not really telling you a lot, but you have the baseline, and that helps a lot. That's more than I had for any other Souls game. Yeah, yeah. Is there? And don't answer if it's a huge teaser, but is Monstro the whale a big boss fight in this game? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I'm neither. Yeah. How Ooh. far in it is everybody? Um, I speaking with Game Informers reviewer uh, Wesley LeBlanc. He says I'm about halfway, maybe a little over halfway. Okay. Uh, is it a spoiler to say like where you are, like what area? I fought an in? archbishop. Okay. Uh, was the last big boss fight that I did. I'm pretty early. I don't even know if I'm past like what was in the demo, but I just did the um the city hall, like the scrapped watchman. I don't know if that's okay. like farther than that and then the hours wise i don't know i'm probably like playstation's at seven so yeah i think i'm like two hours into content but seven hours into my tie that's kind <laughs> of situation yeah and then jeff i'm you're, you're dabbling in the beginning yeah i'm i'm not far but i'm enough um because i don't i'm not i'm not enjoying it I'm really on, i'm on the bottom of this uh but no but i'll i'll chalk it up i'll chalk it up to it's a it's a me thing because honestly like the thing that I do really like is the story because it's original, even though it's Pinocchio, which, you know, feels is, unique. is a weird thing yeah. to say. But yeah, yeah. And and I like and I like the like that core concept translated to the enemies is really cool. Like like these kind of robotic puppets creep me out more than like 90 percent of anything that you fight in in actual Souls games. Right. But I I just can't. It is it is such a copy of of like the souls formula to to the point and the the thing that always blows my mind is it's like you're copying the menus you're copying like icons like you're you're copying literally everything to the point where it's like well okay a do I want to be playing a souls game right now and b do I want to be playing one from someone else other than from software and I'm I'm just at a point right now where I don't like I got to the first boss 
and he kicked my ass a couple times and it's like I don't I don't want to learn the timing of this. I don't yeah. want to be frustrated <laughs> by one boss fight after the next like I th- I think I'm bouncing at this, That's at this point. Cuz like, you like find the um the parry timing to be funky cuz from a lot of yeah. like Souls fans, I feel like and I know a lot of Souls fans that really like this game, but I also know some that don't quite click with it and they tend to name and, the parry window as Yeah, as and the the dodge, which I, which you know, I didn't check out the demo, and I know everyone was complaining about that. And I know at some point you can like upgrade your dodge ability yeah, and I'm things like that. Now. But but it's just that like I'm a dodger in these in these kind of games, and that's not really viable at least in the early parts of it. And yeah, I can't the the timing's been tough on me, and and it's just like. And at that point, that just means I'm going to die a bunch to bosses and have to redo them. And like, honestly, in the, in the parts that I did play, the you know the the bonfires, whatever whatever they are, and the stargazers or whatever it is, yeah. like they've they've been really well placed, and they they absolutely you know they put one right before the boss fight, which is like it's great. You're doing it. You're not putting it after the boss fight, which is infuriating. And it's like you're like. You're making it as easy on me as I could be if if I wanted to still struggle and beat my head against against these kind of fights, and I'm just I'm just not there right now. Pinocchio's not pulling me. Timothy Chalamet's not pulling me through, which is yeah. which is tragic. But <laughs> I know I love Timothy Chalamet, Pinocchio. Yeah. So for me, I um I've only liked Demon Souls. I haven't played too many Souls like games. I've played Demon Souls and beat that. Definitely got backseated and carried through a lot of it. Um, Elden Ring. You know, tried it, didn't click with it, deleted it, redownloaded it, tried it again, left it out of shame of having to delete and redownload it again later, right? That's sitting <laughs> there. Um, and I dabble with the random ones that pop up. Like, I didn't do Remnant 2, but I did Wolong Fallen Dynasty, which I liked fine, but I could tell, like, I didn't have anything. There was nothing I disliked about it, but I didn't, I wasn't like, in, I didn't feel like continuing the work that it would be. And I also never got past that first boss. So I kind of had the experience Jeff was having. Now with Lies of P, where I'm like, except I think I was still a little bit warmer on Wolong. Like, I didn't have beef with it. I'm just like, I am not good at it. And I don't want to get good. Yeah. It's funny, um, Jeff, and what you're describing, where you're like, I don't want to have to, like, then, then I die, and then I got to keep going because I can't do the parry. Like, that's me in all the games because I can't do the parry in any of the games. Like, mm-hmm. people talk about, oh, this window's good. This window is Like, unless it's, like, big flashing light, like, no window's <laughs> good for me. Like, I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't see what people see. Like, I can't do it. Um, I find the parry to be achievable with smaller enemies in this game. Um, not so much for the bigger bosses for me personally. So I am leaning on the dodge. The thing I like about Lies of P, I think is the general setting. Like the vibe is cool. Like Kyle mentioned, but also it's, I went in and everyone's like, this is like Bloodborne and like, I've never played Bloodborne, but I know like Bloodborne's fast. This doesn't feel fast to me. This feels Hmm. A little bit faster than Demon Souls. It doesn't feel clunky and slow, but it doesn't really feel like super fast. Right. Like it feels, it honestly feels just like Demon Souls to me. And again, I don't have the dark, the Dark Souls background or a couple yeah, other yeah. titles, but it's like okay, I'm going down this hallway, and I'm going to go down this hallway 82 more times until I'm good enough to go down like the next hallway. But there's only like three hallways, and then at the end you open a door, and the door connects hallway one with the end, and mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, that's so satisfying to me. Um, I agree with Jeff on the Stargazer, a.k.a. the Fires, whatever you want to call them, right? Like, they're placed, I think, super well. Like, it's super easy for me to, like... Also, it's easy for me to get... So you have Ergo. It's basically their souls, right? Like, when you die, like, oh, the pieces are there, and you gotta pick it up, or it goes away, and that's what you used to level up. Like, it's so easy for me to get back to pick it up if I die, because they also place it, like, 
in a generous spot. They're like, let's put it yeah. in four. They, they put, put it in front of the thing. boss door. Yeah, is, exactly. Yeah, they're very like, nice. Yeah. They're like, let's let's just place this next to the ladder. You don't need to come all the way down. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> so I, I find it, at least in the earlier sections, really easy to do the grind. Obviously, each time you level up, it gets like more expensive to level up. But I find that I'm like leveling up very easily and very quickly. So I just find it all to be really like palatable and simple despite being still difficult combat and then you have like and i like how it scales too i think they introduce additional systems really well like one thing i found way too intimidating about elden ring is there's like a million things happening at once and i'm like what does this word mean and then there's like old santa and then it's like it's too much i was like i don't know what's going on here it's like yeah here it's like super you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) if you played the first 10 minutes of elden ring you know who i'm talking about um but yeah, here it's like it's very simple. The tutorials are like right in your face. The, there's like a guide within the menu that you can refer back to. There's You can't pause it, but there's a lot of points where like there's no enemies around and I can just open up stuff. They like barely like tor- like hours. Well, for me, hours in hours in they introduce like weapon swapping where you can like put the top of one weapon to a different handle and i'm like okay this is a new system to like tinker with okay let me and i'm like okay i'm having trouble with this boss maybe they want me to do that weapon thing they told me how to do but i didn't want to do it because i don't understand it and i did it and that kind of worked i'm like okay like this is cool and then like after that they're like here's the p organ which is a hilarious name um it's the skill tree right and it's like they're slowly like they're slowly doing that and as someone who likes demon souls also they have sophia who you talk to to level up like that's just the whatever maiden and like i don't know i love her i can't explain it i just i'm in love with her wow that's it i mean so do you jenna kyle are, are you sticking with this i mean are you that much in love with this thing uh yeah i think so i mean uh, it's always it's tricky to say that this year in particular because mm-hmm. anything could take me away from it at any point but uh one thing it has going for it for me is that it runs pretty well on steam deck most really? of my play time has been on steam deck it's not perfect um but uh, totally playable, uh, and for that reason, I, I, I'm much more likely to kind of, I think, I think, see it to the end. Yeah, um, oh, that's yeah. sweet. Yeah, it's uh, it's on Game Pass. If yeah. you want to check out Liza P, and you got that, I guess it's like 25 hours averaging for how long it is to beat this whole thing. Apparently, I'm on a PlayStation Five. Okay, runs great. No beef sweet. there. Um, I'd love to finish it. I'd love to see it through. I just don't. I have the constant fear that I'll get to a point where I just won't be able to do it. Like. You know, Blessing did the review over kind of funny, and I was, like, messaging him about the game, and him mentioning, like, the second-to-last boss I spent, like, five hours on. Like, I don't want to do that, and I don't think I can do that. So I'm nervous about that. Um, Also, there isn't multiplayer, but they do allow you to spawn in an NPC. Like, you have, like, a material you can put, like, in a like a fountain, and then, like, an NPC will come and fight the bosses with you. So you do have that to, like, lean on, but... I don't know. We'll see how things That's go. That's not as good sure. as like some superhuman who Yeah, it's not every, as good as exactly. Boss, like yeah. I want the but it's also way easier to use. Like I never understood mm. like for instance, I never understood how to like bring anybody into anything, NPC or real or not, like in any of the other Souls games, like someone had to explain it. Like mm. in this one it's like just put this one item into the bucket. And then that's they're just there, <laughs> you know? And like yeah. it's all just like, more straightforward. Yeah. Yeah, like with the yeah. um <clears throat> I forgot the name of it in Demon in in Demon Souls, but like the I don't know, it's like a little house thing. It's like where the maiden is, and there's like all those stairs, and you enter the levels through that. Even that was confusing to me. Like which side? Like they're not labeled. Like little stuff like that. You know, you can fall from the top of the stairs and die there. Also, like there's a lot of little friction points that this is just like okay, you can fast travel to the hotel. 
They're just there. It's simple. It's easy. Like, you can... I don't know what it'd be like going in cold, because I'm not going in completely cold with Souls, but it's... It is pretty... Like, you can play it without having to really ask much of anything, which I feel like I can't say for the other Souls games, for the most part. Sure. Sweet! I, I, I was so surprised by how much everybody's loving it. I just feel like I've I've done this song and dance so many times with people doing previews for, like, The Surge, and be like, it's pretty good for, like, you know, a wannabe Souls game, and then this one, it's like, oh no, it's really good for a wannabe Souls game. It's just, it's I mean, it's level. scored about the same as the other ones, like, I mean, in terms of critical reception. I mean, yeah. I don't... Again, that's, that's not relevant to what we each individually think of the game in terms of how good it is, sure. but I do feel like... It did not light the world like on fire, but a lot of people were really enjoying it, and I'm really enjoying it. So yeah. like, I don't know. And maybe, but then I'm like, is that a red flag that I'm enjoying it? Because I don't like these kind of games. Maybe they're bad for people who like these kind of games. I don't know. Yeah. It it seems like a lot of the Souls like games fall down on their kind of story and format of like we're gonna we're gonna do the Souls format, but it's gonna be sci-fi, and then it's just kind of yeah. like generic sci-fi. And sure. here, like, there's a very clear like interesting story that's twisted off of something that everybody knows. And so I think yeah. that's definitely working in its favor. There we go. Right, donkey mask. Donkey mask. Liza P. Oh, that's fun. Cause you can be like one of the bad boys. Like if you smoke cigar and drink beer, then donkey boys. you get turned into a donkey boy. I don't know, donkey boy. but I put a donkey mask them. on and I have a sailor suit on and mm. they, like you could walk up to a piano and play it. That sounds like a great game. You should have led with that. It's, I gotta I boot mean, this thing up. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm giving you all <laughs> I have. Uh, another game that God, I'm, I'm happy it's being received so well. Cyberpunk uh, 2077 Phantom Liberty. The expansion for Cyberpunk 2077 is out right now, everybody. Um, Kyle, you've been playing this thing? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I've been playing. um, I picked up my save, which was the way Cyberpunk works is like if you beat the game, it throws you like right before the last mission. Right. That's where your save sort of exists. Uh, So that's where I jumped into Phantom Liberty. I loaded it up. I got a call from songbird she's like i need your help and i'm like okay because <laughs> i will help everybody but uh but it actually there's a pretty early hook of like i you know that thing she knows about she knows about uh johnny she knows about silver hand in your okay. head which is interesting and she's yeah. like i can help you with that and you're like oh really uh is Idris elba involved and she's like why yes he is and i'm like i'm there let me in interesting interesting so dogtown's a whole separate city or is it just a new area within night city it's a new area within Night City okay. that the sort of uh, the narrative, which like it actually works to its favor and is actually quite cool, is that it's like this section of the city that's pretty well blocked off. Like you actually have to you sneak in initially and then even to get in and out of the city, you have to go through like a scan like you can't it. it there is a line that you have to cross to get in and out. And it is very much this like area that is uh, controlled by a character named Kurt Hansen. And hmm. it is very strange to, and they refer to him by his last name uh, almost oh, exclusively. Fun. So, Hanson, you are the antagonist of Phantom Liberty, and it's always funny to hear like, "Oh no, Hanson's goons are coming!" <laughs> is he is he cool? Uh, he's a big, bulky, bald guy who's intimidating. All yeah. right, and for people who have just listened to the audio version of the Midmax show, nailed it. It's exactly <laughs> what you're working yeah, with here. Okay. Uh, and hey, Hanson, yeah. Oh, sorry, I meant Kyle. Oh, I want to talk to Kyle now. Is that okay? Uh, I, hey, Kyle, Jeff, 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 Jeff. Do you have any question for me though? First, um, how how do you how do you get so many muscles? Yeah, your, I'll tell you how I got so many muscles. Are so impressive. It, it's from beating up everyone who tried to come into my dog town. 
I said, you no, got to give me the special password. Too, man, the- too few many trips to the Ripper Dock, I think is what yeah. happened. Yeah. Also, yeah. Jeff, can I confess something to you and only to you? Yes. Um, when I said the game's out now, it's not. It's out uh, September 26th. I lied to everybody on the national podcast. <laughs> International. No, but that's that's just how cool you are because it's out to yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. We've, all, we've all been whitelisted or whatever. Uh, do you ever, do you want to ask uh, Kyle anything now? Yeah, because yeah. I've been playing it too, Kyle, and I wanted right. to know um, how it was jumping back in for you. Uh, it was it was difficult. Yeah, uh, it's a complicated game, and I also had the benefit, or I don't know what's the opposite of a benefit curse, uh, disadvantage, a curse, disadvantage of playing the game, uh, playing Phantom Liberty like an hour or two uh, early for a, a feature that I wrote for Game Informer, which involved. Mm playing the game with uh, CD Projekt Red, like on the call and like sort of commentating what I was doing, which was great. It was really cool. But I was playing it on PC, the platform I had not played it on before, and I had not played it in literal years. So a member of CD Projekt had to be like, "Uh, yeah, don't forget to reload. Uh, Don't forget to use health. Uh, There is a sprint button. Don't forget that. How do I scan? Uh, Yeah, you got to scan a lot. So make sure you remember how to scan. <laughs> oh no! So I had that little tutorial going in, but it is it is tough, and for better or worse, because of the 2.0 update, you have to go and redo all your upgrades. Oh, interesting. Uh, which is like good and bad because it was it it is time consuming, and you're like I don't I don't really remember what because like when you're playing actively and you get to pick a new upgrade every I don't know hour or something like that, you you go on a path and you're like, "Oh, I'm getting really good at this. I'm going to stay on that path." And when you just are given like 50 experience points to just redistribute, it, it's a little more complicated to remember. I'm like, "I guess I'm just going to throw a bunch here and a bunch here. I don't I don't really quite remember that." And you have to go to a ripper dock to like sort of reestablish who you're who you are as a person because the system's different now where it's like armor is not actually connected to clothing which is good i think that's the right call it's now co- it's connected to like how you just choose your body to be you know it make it even makes more sense to like i upgraded my arm so i have more damage than to be like i'm wearing this shirt so i can take more damage you know um so all those things are good um but it does there is sort of a learning curve of like remembering how to play and how to do yeah. quick hacks and all that kind of stuff. Even from sure. people who did the deepest dive on Cyberpunk it's still like wait what's going on? <laughs> when I went into it which it it carried over my saves thankfully because I played on on 1X and now I'm on on the new console but it it was like the save file said 135 hours. Whoa. Like, all right, let's go and I jumped in and then they just like blast like I was my pager was going off and my cell phone and people were like, hey, come do this, come do this instead. And I, I was like, no, I don't understand any of this. And like and CD Projekt Red had said like, hey, you should just start over. Um, you know, it's yeah. it will it will work with your old save, but just start over. And so then I I was like, OK, I'll I'll restart. And then and then when you restart, it gives you the it gives you the option to like start completely fresh or just start in where you know you can start the liberty city stuff and i was like phantom well, okay phantoms <laughs> very whatever. important all, <laughs> there's there's only one fictional city in my mind <laughs> and it's liberty city right uh but so i i started it but even there it recommends like hey just start everything again guys it's all new so don't worry about it and i started that and played for an hour and realized it was going to be like another 10 before i even got to the liberties so i started a third game <laughs> Dogtown. um and finally, finally got into it. And even then, it's like the amount of the amount of new stuff. Like you can tell that CG Project Red has been living in this game for two years. And yeah. Like, 
we added all this new stuff and it's all really great. I promise you. And it's like, oh man, it's like unintelligible to me. And I, and I, I don't know that I want to relearn all of it. Like, like where I am. And once, once I actually got into Dogtown, like this, you the story book, no Dogtown oh. in Liberty city. It's a <laughs> borough. Don't uh-huh, worry about uh-huh. it. Uh, but, but like they, it, it has a good hook for the, for the story and it starts right off. And it's like, honestly, I, I wish there was an option that you just do all of all of like the background skill points and stuff for me because they they do they start you at like a base that's that's comparable for this and it's like you just handle all that stuff I just I just want this I just want to play you know ten or fifteen hours or however long the story is I want to yeah. meet Idris Elba and just <laughs> let me let me experience the story now I want more of a Call of Duty style walkthrough of whatever this expansion is and I don't want to play everything else to, to find out that like, yeah, now the skill tree is like 20% better and you have a couple new perks to deal with. And that's, I, that's kind I, of the, the camp I'm in of like, I really enjoyed Cyberpunk 2077, but it's like every rework that city project red has done up until this point. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Reworking the, uh, I guess skill tree, the perks. Like, I, I don't know if I would remember the game enough for that to really have an impact. And so it's interesting seeing the stuff that like will really pop with Phantom Liberty is like car combat. I'm like, that sounds awesome. I'm excited about that. And then just, Hey, here's a shorter story that apparently everybody online is saying is actually really fantastic. Uh, that's really compelling, but like the systems reworking, Which, I don't know if it's really, that's enough to draw me in by any means. Yeah. And, and the, the story is like, at least the at least the premise is such a direct copy of a movie that I don't even want to say what the name of the movie is because it would it would spoil like the Kyle, every every James Bond movie every Mission Impossible movie like what do no, you mean there, like, there, there's, like there's even one that it's more I will tell you I will tell okay. you when you get off this call and you obviously must not have seen the movie because it, because it is beat for beat literally the premise uh, that you start this game with Sound of Music. Okay. <laughs> yes. Wait, but, it's, music. but you feel like it's a spoiler to say that you said it's the premise you start the game with so is it not well the, first thing the phantom liberty uh, stuff yeah i, I mean but i was surprised been... by it because i didn't i haven't followed like the trailers or whatever but so i don't know how much i don't want to spoil sure i mean just i guess just know that it's very much like uh you know you're saving the president you're a secret agent oh. like it's very okay, well, mission impossible well, now you now you've basically just uh it's it's escape from new york Kyle, uh, okay. have you not seen Escape from New York? It is yeah. literally Escape from New York. I guess. I, they even mentioned that movie when I was uh, interviewing with them, but they mostly said that was just a matter of, like, making for Dogtown's look was kind of their inspiration. But I don't, especially and where I'm at And also the president's story. plane crashes in Dogtown, <laughs> and then as, like, the rogue agent, you have to go in and rescue president and bring them back out see like, yeah you saying what it is now has me more compelled if you're telling me this i know is like, I, I I do, i'm so in and i do kind of feel like that's the first two hours but okay. after that it's just mission impossible like it, in a in a complimentary way like okay. it's a lot of like <laughs> so is this good yes, thank you yeah Janet. i feel like okay. we're getting away from it it's, it's good like i i did I a big you. mission the you. other day where i had to, i had to like go i had to like swim through um flooded tunnels to get into a swanky party and i had to put on a nice dress and like walk around and and, and sounds and, cool like, and like talk to people and like drink drinks and like play uh uh casino games and stuff like that like it guys do, do you realize like the two hours that we've been talking we've yeah. talked exclusively about remakes 
Things based on public domain stories and then <laughs> games that just take other, like, action tropes. Like, there, there's nothing original anymore. What are you guess, what That's been true for a really about? long time, though, yeah, if you want to actually. That's, old new. that's an old, that's an old game. That's an old game. That's a game. That's a familiar game. Yeah. yeah. Did I mention there yeah. are, are little chick chocobos in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth no, no. that look cute? And they, they have yeah. leaves on their butts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not original. I, I don't know what it is. I just want to say, like, all of this, like, through the cyberpunk lens is, is very cool. Because, yeah. like, cyberpunk yeah. is, like, has always been even... Like the funny thing about that game's release is it was a terrible launch. It was it was terrible. It was People, hilarious. Like, we all recall the game. But like the thing about it is like there is and and there's this really interesting world that they've developed that feels really fully realized that like frankly a lot of people just didn't have the ability to even consume because like the game wasn't working. Yeah. You know? And like what Phantom Liberty does is it gives you an cuz they've been updating the game a lot and it's all been interesting, like worthwhile stuff that fixes the game. But what this does is like, okay, we've added all these things that improve the game. And now here is like a dedicated new playground that you can go to go try it all out. You know what I mean? With new yeah. content. Cause previously it's been like, Oh, I can go and like respec all my stuff and use the new upgrade system. But it's like, I don't really, I, I have some side missions I can go do at this point. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Hanson. Thank you for addressing me with my full name. Um, where's your level of recommendation for this for somebody like me who liked cyberpunk I, we probably liked it the same amount i wasn't paid to do a big preview for this game so i did not do it um is it like you idiot you need to play phantom liberty um oh that's yeah that's an interesting question i was excited for it um even beyond like my coverage okay. for it i was planning on playing it no matter what because i wanted to like try the, the quote-unquote new version of cyberpunk and see, you know, the Idris Elba stuff because I like him as an actor. Um, it is not like a you have to play this. Sure. If you got, if you enjoyed Cyberpunk, which which you did, not yeah. everyone did, but Ben, I, you did. Like this is a great excuse to go back to it, and there's a cool story here and a cool setting. That's compelling. And cool yeah. new characters. And my understanding, I haven't gotten to it yet, uh, but according to Wesley LeBlanc, who reviewed the game over Game Informer, uh, it actually gives you an opportunity to get a new ending for the larger game Ooh. that is apparently really good. And Ooh, worth pursuing, which was cool. like interesting to me because, like, I don't think I could even tell you what happened at the end. There's sure. like a couple little things that I remember happening, but like the sort of tease of like there's Phantom Liberty, which is great, and there's a new ending to the larger game is like very enticing. Uh, that's cool. um, but it's not yeah, like it's it's not a drop everything and play cyberpunk. Gotcha. It's like if you like cyberpunk, this is a great excuse to go back to it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is that is interesting because once I started and I realized they booted back to before that mission, it's like, well, okay, this takes place before the ending, so the ending is still going to be canon, and so how much can you really change? Um, but that's interesting to, to hear, and I I don't want to come off like I'm like I'm overly negative on the experience. Like the part of the reason I've been struggling with it is because I played 135 hours and really liked that experience. So I do feel satiated in having, you know, built out this character and messed with all the skills and stuff like that. And so yeah. the fact that they have upgraded that stuff doesn't appeal to me as much. But like I said, as soon as I started the story and the fact that it is Escape from New York, like that hooked me instantly. And like I've liked all the characters that they've already introduced and i'm looking forward to idris elba so i i am certainly enjoying it all right um but it is it is hard going back to um if you've if you played a bunch before right on there's um somebody tagged me on twitter for this thing i do want to watch it apparently there's like a uh hour and a half long making of 
or hour 15 long making of for just Phantom Liberty that was done by an outside documentary team. Um, But they have an English version as well. It's Ard Media The K. Just search documentary. You'll probably find it, but I didn't want to watch that. But okay, good. Phantom Liberty. Yeah, good. Love it. Good, good. I feel like I got like weirdly heated during all that. Did I... (laughs) Like, I, I don't know why. <laughs> you must have blacked out in a blind rage for a while, Kyle, in a way I've never seen you rage before. Uh, hey, It's speak- only Escape from New York for a little while, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, liked it. We loved it. Uh, hey, you know, speaking of rage, there is a game that just came out called Mortal Kombat 1. Uh, the reboot, the other reboot of the Mortal Kombat series. Um, I finished the campaign in Mortal Kombat 1 and uh, just delightful. I had such a good time going through this thing. And I have a weird Mortal Kombat history where like the original games, you know, friends had them growing up. I would dabble. I was always like, I don't know, the blood. I'm not really into this nonsense. (laughs) I really got into Deadly Alliance on PS2. I love that game. And then it wasn't until um, Game Informer where he had a cover story trip for Mortal Kombat 11. And then it was like, all right, let me check out this Mortal Kombat 9, Mortal Kombat 10. And then played through those games' campaigns. I was like, this is so fun. I wish more people were like, hey, it's just a fun, huge comic book story, everybody. I had such a good time going through that in the Mortal Kombat 11 and the DLC. I loved all that stuff. Um, so I've been looking forward to this campaign for, for quite a while, just going through the main story. And yeah, finished it uh, yesterday morning and just had a blast. Um, Kyle, uh, I know you also did not care at all about Mortal Kombat, but then you're playing through nine right now at Game Informer. Yeah, I, we're streaming nine. I'm okay. I'm not the one actively playing. Uh, Marcus Stewart is playing, but sure. it has been enjoyable to finally kind of dive into this franchise that I've always respected and yes. sort of recognized as being like, yeah, I'm, people are into that. I'm glad they like it. I just don't. I don't know if I'm ever going to get into it. And uh, yeah, the thing about that game, which is shouldn't be surprising, is like all the characters are really well defined and fun. Yes, you know, they all have really specific personalities that they are able to sort of ring out during combat and in cutscenes, um yeah it has made me more open to sort of digging into the universe more for sure and oh man it only gets better like the the campaigns from from nine moving on and like you know nine was odd because it was a reboot more or less right it was a reboot of everything in a confusing way but more or less a reboot and then mortal kombat 10 was them jumping forward in time so you had the kids of classic characters and mortal kombat 11 was like all right now it's time travel and the kids are meeting the previous older versions of themselves and it just gets absurd right but then the cool thing is at the end of mortal kombat 11 spoilers for the end of mortal kombat 11 uh Liu kang becomes uh the titan uh basically takes raiden's role protector of earth realm and is like all right i'm all powerful and bam basically thanos style we're restarting the universe i'm gonna build a universe that's more peaceful and fair to everybody as he puts it which is a confusing thing to pitch but that's the pitch where mortal kombat 1 brings it and that's why it's called one because it's rebooting the universe here but um that is you talk about the characters kyle and that is the obvious takeaway is like they're such iconic classic video game characters even if you have never played a mortal kombat game or like I don't know, maybe like you are Janet, right? It's like, I've played a couple, whatever. I know the characters, but I don't really care too much. Am I reading correctly into that? Yeah, I guess. I've right. played like, uh, I don't know, X. Okay, X. there we go. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Um, so it's still, it's just an amazing thing to see this studio, NetherRealm, like giving so much respect and care to these iconic video game characters. The fact that like this level of a budget and just development oomph is going into st- telling like a you know six to eight hour story every couple years that's continuing the storyline since 1992 
because the fun thing is Mortal Kombat 9 is kind of canonical. It's not a full reboot. It's like Raiden sees the future and chooses a new timeline type of thing. And so really, it's kind of this ongoing story since 1992. And it's just like NetherRealm, the studio down in Illinois, just every couple of years, they basically produce a, you know, seven hour film that's just like really well done. And it's just the story of these ongoing relationships between these characters. But the closest thing I can uh, compare it to, Kyle, is playing these games. It feels like the Dragon Ball Super movies. Okay. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, yeah. it's just fun. They know their characters so well. They know how to play with their audience, tease the fans at this point, And we're just going to have fun with these characters. And it's like, it is big brush storytelling, but big brush storytelling done really well. You know, and this is odd, but I have moments playing through these games where it's like, this just feels like the most expensive visual novel ever made. It's just like <laughs> really well done cutscenes for like, eh, you know, three minutes or so you do a fight and then you go back and just sit back and watch for a while and be like, Johnny Cage, that guy's crazy. Like, oh my God, I can't believe what they're doing with Liu Kang this time around. It's just that level of character work throughout these campaigns. And the fun thing with this being a reboot is... You remember um, when you were playing Metal Gear Solid 3 for the first time, Kyle? It's like, all right, you start out as Big Boss, but he has both of his eyes. And so that entire game, you're waiting for like, one of these eyes is going at some point, and I don't know how. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, no, absolutely. It's an yeah. iconic thing. That's this entire game for every character is like, oh, God, they are different than they are. And at some point, something will happen to them. Like, Kenshi, just for the obvious comparison, it's like, okay, he's a blind, blindfolded fighter. He starts out in this game with both of his eyes. So you're just waiting the entire time for like, this is going to go bad. That's twice as point. many eyes as Metal Gear Solid. I know. Three. It's twice as good as Metal Gear Solid. Um, it, it's just funny, you know, like uh, Kung Lao with the razor hat. Like, it's just a stupid scene, but like <laughs> Sub-Zero's attacking them in the beginning and he like throws his hat at them in a very Austin Powers style way and just like falls off. And he's like, oh, that didn't work. But wait a minute. He like looks at a blade. He's like, if I attach that, it's like, it's like dopey origin <laughs> stories for everybody. It's really fun. And it's fun to like play these characters who don't have their powers yet. And then you get to see them all kind of come online. Like you just, you know, Raiden is just like a farmer in the start of this game. He's not the electric God or anything, the lightning God. And so it's just fun to see him and you play as him for a while. And he says like standard moves and you're waiting for him to like, okay, when is he really going to become Raiden? How is this going to work? And it's that for every character. Um, and it's incredibly well done. I mean, there's just, <laughs> there's so much silly stuff, but it's fun for them to like remix the world. Be like, okay, they're explaining this character's powers now because they're tied in with this character. It's just like really clever reworkings of everything that's established before. And there's just dopey fun stuff like um, Baraka. Do you know who Baraka is, Jeff? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, ah, big teeth, man. Like, ah, I hate you. I'll bite your face. Ah, it's just, it's so silly, but fun and dopey. But like in this game, he's like, ah, it's a virus that makes me act like this. He's like, he's like, I was, I was a rich merchant <laughs> and then I got a virus and it turned my teeth evil. It's just, so it's, it is just a blast to go through. Do, and like, do they explain like the origin of Johnny Cage doing his splits punch? Uh, not that specifically, but there is a surprising amount of Johnny Cage, uh, in the beginning of this overall. And it's just fun because it's like they're training for the first tournament that they're being brought into and all that stuff. So it's just like a good group of people training up in like the early sections of the campaign. And like this is compelling because it's like, okay, this is a reboot. In theory, it's a good place to start for new people. But by the way, quick tangent, Kyle, do you know how many copies of Mortal Kombat 11 sold? Uh, a much higher number than I think yes. you would assume, right? Yeah. It's a huge, it's a massive hit that game. 15 million copies for Mortal Kombat 11. 
So a part of me is like, oh, God, it's kind of a shame that it's not a fully clean slate this time around. But then again, it's like, well, if 15 million people bought that last game, maybe they'll be upset if it gets too radically different. But that was definitely my first take with Mortal Kombat 1 is seeing where they're going with it. It's like, oh, you're restarting the entire universe. And it's like the characters are all pretty much the same. It's like now Scorpion and Sub-Zero are brothers which is kind of confusing because I remember talking to another room. There's an interesting hook where they're like, "Oh, well, we like the we like playing up the angle of like Scorpion is Chinese and Sub Zero is Japanese. Obviously, so there's like cultural conflict as well. It's like, oh, that's an interesting thing. I never really thought about it too much. And now it's just like, now nah, they're brothers, but they have the same names. Which is, sure, that's fine. Um, anyways, but the, I think this is an interesting hook of like, okay, clean slate, rebooting the universe. We can bring in a new audience in theory. They can't really help themselves. Uh, it's it, it's more tied into eleven. And some parts of Eleven than I would have cared for. But the, it, by the end, it gets big and it gets silly. And it's like, fan service palooza is an understatement for where this game goes. But it's like, every, but even if you don't know the references, like there's a lot of maybe older stuff that even is lost on me. It's still a matter of like, all right, I can, I know this is a big silly thing I'm looking at. And I can Google it and figure out what they're referencing here exactly. But it's just... It's a blast, man. I had so much fun playing through this game. It's like I, I had a better time with this game so far than I did with Street Fighter VI. Um, and a lot of that comes from the campaign, which like I appreciated what the angle they were taking with Street Fighter VI, but like just a good, simple, smooth storytelling experience I will always be on board for with Mortal Kombat. It's, it's a good time. 210 uh, Contender with a K? I think so. A lot of it's going to no. come down to like if I get into multiplayer. Um, specifically, honestly, 100% of it comes down to if I can convince my old friend Ronnie to play this game with me. And then if we get into like competitive, like I can see it, I can see it. But it, it's smart because like the whole thing with this is they have cameo fighters this time around. So it's kind of like, a, you know, a, a tag fighting game, but you're not swapping to another character. You just bring them in for like one quick move. But I think it's a really fun way to be like, okay, I love playing Raiden, but I want to have Sub-Zero's moves pop in every once in a while. Um, and so I think it's it's a really approachable fighting system. And like, okay, you're building up a meter on the bottom to like enhance your basic special attacks instead of learning new combos and all that fun stuff. But yeah, two tens contender for sure. Um, there's there's some stuff that I would fight for definitely. Now I'm getting flashbacks to me and Leo like fighting each other at SGF because we signed up for it before we knew what the appointment was. Yeah, <laughs> and then we're like, yeah. I don't think we should, we need to be here. We shouldn't be here. <laughs> we need to get out of here. At all. Yeah, like, you know, it's just, um, fighting games are so specific is the thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I, I do think, I don't know. You know what? If you're not sold it, on it. It's just a, it's I just get a it. niche. It's a niche thing. It's a know? niche it's thing. Like, I get it. But it's like, I still think these story modes are so approachable. If you don't mind like some big bombastic comic books level storytelling as uh, demeaning as it is to an entire medium, I understand. Like, I just, I can't imagine not enjoying playing through the story for like, really, I just think it's a blast. It's just silly and fun. Uh, okay. Mortal Kombat one. Curious to hear everybody else's thoughts on that thing. Um, Jesus Christ. We're packing a lot in, uh, like a dragon, infinite wealth. Uh, they had this <laughs> gameplay trailer. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> this will not end. We got it. Uh, they showed a big long story trailer, which Kyle and I both agree. Maybe they showed too much so we won't get too uh, specific with that but the premise is Ichiban this is a sequel to Like a Dragon what Yakuza Like a Dragon I guess that last one was called yeah. Yakuza yeah. 7 yeah. so it's a sequel there so in this one Ichiban is in Hawaii and the premise is he's searching for his mother in Hawaii but then shortly uh, into that adventure apparently Kiryu comes up so there's a lot of stuff from previous Yakuza series that they're roping into this whole thing and it seems like Kiryu's past is catching up with them as he's on his final mission yet again in this whole thing but 
I, I don't Keep know. pulling him back in. He can't stay <laughs> out. I, I'm curious to hear everybody else's thoughts on this because I, I think we all enjoy Yakuza Like a Dragon a lot. But like the story trailer, I was like, okay, sure. You know, 10 minutes long, but all right, they're, they're revealing a lot. I don't know if I'm at the edge of my seat. And then they also released like a five minute long gameplay trailer where it's like, this is it. This is what I come to Yakuza for these that, days. It was that food delivery on that thing, stupid bike that, right? doing the silly yeah. tricks <laughs> it's like he's doing like backflips to like do uber deliveries or something yeah like and they're, they're like blowing out the uh, sujimon thing in a bigger way yeah. now you can like battle and train all these freaks to just fight for you it's just it looks like it's so much fun just swimming like seeing all those characters come back and now they're in swimsuits on the beach of hawaii it's like this just looks freaking fun and the story for the last game got me a lot more than i expected you know i'm not disregarding the entire story but I don't. I don't think a ten long, ten minute long trailer is a nice way to hook me in compared to just look how silly this game will be, and you know that the story will get you emotionally. You know, yeah, shark fighting, giant squid fighting, surfing, paragliding, like yeah, all they, kinds of. They weird threw stuff. in Sega Bass fishing. It's like playable in the arcades now if you really want. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. A bunch of Sega games are playable in the arcade. Yeah, I'm really going for that sort of old like Shenmue roots, right? Right, right. And of course, you see Ichiban on a Segway, just like Cloud riding around in Hawaii just like he's in Coastal Hustle. They have like new classes like, oh, now Ichiban you can be, or any character can be a Desperado, basically just a cowboy, uh, which is just delightfully silly. Truly delightfully silly. Did you finish Like a Dragon, Janet? Yeah. How's your hype meter on this one? Yeah, it's it's tough because it's high because the game was like really good. Like Like a Dragon is... I mean, it's a little dramatic to say it's one of the best games I've played, but at the same time when I think of games I've played... How many games are better than like a dragon? Great question. I don't think that many. I'm like, with you. Yeah. It has some of the best side content in any game. The combat is incredible. I think it says the best combat outside of maybe like Seven Remake, like Final Ooh, Fantasy. Interesting. Um, it does take a while to get cooking though. So I know if people, because a lot of people bounce off of games that large, and I do think it takes a while for it to to start to click in a way that feels interesting because it's a very run of the mill when you first get into the combat to me at least. Yeah. But yeah, I lived in that game. I feel like I had to have put, I had to at least put 80 hours, maybe like a hundred. Like it took me like, it was like a a 20 something part series. And some of the parts of the let's play were like eight hours. Yeah. I feel like I lived in that game. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it, but I am definitely intimidated by how much Yakuza stuff is coming out. Like I didn't hit up, the last two things they've done. And I know there's kind of like different lines. So I guess at this point, because I haven't hit up the most recent stuff, I'm like, well, I'll just be all in maybe on just what the like a dragon yep, stuff with is. You. If yep. I'm getting that split right, just because there's no time to like do, I forgot what the last one was. And then the man who raised his name is coming out. It's coming like, November in a, in a month. And that's or the something. Kiryu story. And yeah. The, and those games take so long and they like, and are there games that you really like want to spend your time with because the grind like I, there are grind walls in that game too. Yeah, like Dragon like Dragon has like a ridiculous grind wall in it, which some people argue is by design to like pay homage to the genre. And nope. I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like, do do we need to play homage to things that are bad? I don't know. Maybe we could take that out and the game would be just fine. But um yeah, I'm excited, but I'm intimidated. And I think too, like when we start looking at everyone talks about how packed 2023 is with releases, and it is. And 2024, I don't think will be as packed. But the fact that 2024 is so stacked in the front end, it's like, oh, this is 20, 2023 just feels longer now. Like the in terms of not only high level games like hot in the street games, but also games that are massive, you know, like Tears of the King of Balls. These are games that you could eat off of for dozens, if not hundreds of hours. And there's yeah. so many of them. It's like so hard to like get in 
to and like and really like see them out. Um, yeah, yeah I wasn't I, even I, counting Final Fantasy 16, which I'm just gonna skip because. Well, yeah. sure. You should you should try the demo, but uh, I, I, play, I played four hours of it. Right. Um, honestly, I'll be real. If like Sarah liked it, I would probably stick with it. But the fact that Sarah's like, mm, I'm like, <laughs> she I'm turned good. so south on that game. Well, Sarah also called the writing from Sea of Stars uh, <laughs> like AI. Or embarrassing. Hey, I have like, like Sea of <laughs> Stars though has enough people that I vibe with that are like it's it's John Blaze that I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. And that was her only like real like gripe that she mentioned. So I'm like, okay, well, no, let me it see. Was, like, maybe... It just really made me laugh. I thought that no, was just yeah. so extreme Kyle, for thank a game you. whose writing I generally like. I no, I mean, honestly, like it paints a picture. I was like, I might not agree, but it like, it puts me in that it, I I see that opinion crystal it's, clear. It's, so. It paints yes, it was, an inaccurate picture. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> sorry, Sarah. No, sorry. Wow, Sarah. you didn't she say that listen. when you were actually on the show, though. Ben, interesting <laughs> how bold you get because, when Sarah's not here. Look, I'm scared. Her Don't face. tell her. Seriously, nobody tell Sarah I said that. Please, please, please. Uh, but no, speaking of like, yeah, wanting to catch up for all these games, like like a dragon guide, and it's like, oh, maybe I'll get to those. And now it's like, I just need We're to be locked to into Ichiban for like, but we gotta, we gotta trim the fat now. I know, but <laughs> like, it's the same thing with like Mortal Kombat One, where it's like I'm looking at like a dragon, infinite wealth, and I loved uh, the last game so much, and then I play this, and it's like, it seems like they're really leaning into the Kiryu stuff. For like, okay, we're telling the end of his story one more time, and it's like, I, they just can't help themselves. They need to go back to that story that is more thoroughly told than any other character story in the history of video games. It's like, we couldn't just make a clean break, but I hope there's Kiryu fans who are celebrating one more hurrah after his one more hurrah in Like a Dragon Gaiden uh, <laughs> with infinite wealth and stuff. Had but, ultimate hurrah. Uh, yeah, so uh, Like a Dragon is coming out um, January 26th, 2024. Which is tough, because it's a god, that's a great game, or Deepest Dive, certainly not Game Club, uh, Deepest Dive Contender. <laughs> But at the same time, then it's like, that's going to be butting against seven remake in a, in a tough spot. So we'll try and figure out how that would work if conceivably we wanted to do it. Jeffum, do you know conceivably what I want to do? Take a bathroom uh, break? Talk about patreon.com slash minmax, probably. No, I want to do that while Kyle's taking a bathroom break. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Uh, that's it, everybody. Patreon.com slash minmax with two N's. That is what is supporting this entire independent operation. Find the tier that's right for you. It's a little URL. We post it everywhere. It's in the description of this podcast. Check it out. Help support independent games media. We appreciate it. And thank you, of course, to some of our biggest supporters. We're talking about people like HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, Jeffum. And that's why, of course, it's America's number one meal kit. To be honest, Jeffum, this is a place of honesty mm-hmm. here. I'm, sure. I'm scared to cook. Like, my wife is like, can you just make dinner tonight? Uh, chilled to my core that I'm going to make a monstrosity and I'm going to start the world on fire. Like you're going to poison your wife is what you're afraid of? Yeah, it's like a real phantom thread type relationship that I'm working with here. But then, HelloFresh, every time I get a bunch of that in the fridge, I say, I would never poison my wife with this. I dare you to poison your spouse with HelloFresh. It's that good, Jeffum. I don't think that's a that's a good way to sell it. That's right, everybody. Kickstart a fresh fall routine with HelloFresh. HelloFresh handles all the meal planning and shopping to deliver everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part, and you get to take the credit. <laughs> when it comes to options, honesty, or they say honestly, more is more. And honesty is important, Jeffum. Don't let Pinocchio tell any different. That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every single week. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 
50 minmax and use code 50 minmax for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Go to hellofresh.com slash 50 minmax and use code 50 minmax for 50% off plus 15% off for the next two months. Also, shout out to Rocket Money. Um, Kyle, you know, like every time I'm looking through, like even, you know, my I'll banking always info. Laugh when you're, when it's you're not important. It's not important. Money. It's not important. <laughs> When I'm looking through my own finances, or I'm looking through like MinMax's finances, and there's just so many little things where it's like, what is this recurring charge? What is going on here? You know that feeling? That's our oh, paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, with Patreon, <laughs> it's our paycheck. For everything else, uh, that's what Rocket Money is for. Uh, they want you to know, like, hey, your subscription's draining your wallet. The average person has around 12 paid subscriptions, and they may not even remember subscribing to half of those. If you have no idea just how much you're spending each month, you need Rocket Money. It's this great app that tracks all your expenses, so you know exactly where your money is going, they say. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place, by God. Most people think they're spending, I don't know, 80 bucks on subscriptions? Wrong. It's like 200, apparently. When you're signed up for so many things, like streaming services, you're used to watch one show or free trials for delivery you don't use it's so easy to lose track of what you're paying for stop wasting money on things you don't use cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash minmax with two n's that's rocketmoney.com slash minmax with two n's rocketmoney.com slash minmax everybody also shout out to the fine folks at i am 8-bit they want everybody to know about the vinyl soundtrack to primal the Adult Swim Show from Genty Tartakovsky. The Sweet Caveman Dinosaur Show, everybody. You can get the double vinyl soundtrack at I Am 8-Bit's wonderful <laughs> online store. The store is overflowing with the coolest, geekiest stuff you can imagine. So check it out by going to I Am 8-Bit's wonderful online store. You can look at that primal vinyl or anything else in there. And of course, you can get 10% off everything in that store. It's kind of a min-max secret. If you use the promo code Return of Chicken Boy. All one word, return of chicken boy, no space for 10% off of everything under $100. Help support I am 8-bit because they support MinMax in a big way by shipping out a prize each and every week to the MinMax community. This week, another banger from I am 8-bit. They want everybody to know that the Super Mario Brothers soundtrack is available from I am 8-bit. And to do that, uh, whoever has the greatest question submitted here on Patreon, patreon.com slash minmax with two ends. That's where you submit your question each and every week for the podcast. Whoever has the best one will win the CD for the Super Mario Brothers soundtrack from I Am 8-Bit. So special thanks to them. There are promo codes below for all this fun stuff. Jeff, I'm ready for some hot questions. Absolutely. With even hotter wings. No. Great. Uh, David Dubs right now says, they say it right now. Hey, folks, with the new Xbox leaks, we have a new shape entering the console wars. The Cylinder. We've seen the game Cube, a monolith with the Series X, and the Deep V from the PS5. Deep V. What should be the hottest shape innovation from the console wars? What do you want next? What haven't we hit? I mean, after GameCube, the big joke was Game Sphere. Right, we never truly got a sphere. Yeah, this is South Park thing. Well, we the PlayStation Nine was a sphere in that commercial, so I guess that kind of covers it, right? Yeah, we still got a couple of years till that one. Yeah, well, I want a sphere with a with the GameCube handle on it. That's my ideal console. <laughs> it I just think. rolls around. Yeah, it looks like a, a dumbbell. Triangle. triangle would be good. Pyramid. Yeah, yeah. that's just a, yeah, that, that's just a triangle, but different. Yeah, it is a triangle. I understand. <laughs> I, I could I see an Xbox. More triangles than someone make a pyramid. I think it'd be cool, but do you want... 
I was going to say, do you want a console you can impale yourself on? But I guess, you know. Well, the question wasn't what we wanted next. It's what is next, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. So you think like the next Nintendo thing that's going to be a handheld still? <clears throat> it's just going to be a triangle that you hold? That's the Switch successor? <laughs> God, I hope no. not. I hope not either. <laughs> it feels uh, more like a Sony thing to do a pyramid, honestly. Yeah. It I makes think a an orb, almost like a, almost like a, a Sony boombox kind of shape. Okay. Like almost like a CD oh. player. Remember like when you had a boombox yeah. and it had the CD player on the top and the cassette in the front? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. speakers on the side, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's, that was the anatomy of the boombox. Yes, yeah, indeed. Had a little handle on the back too, but oh, you don't need to put the handle back. I still, want, I still want it to exist when they originally revealed the original Xbox. It was just a big X, right? Wait. Right. Like, it was like huge. Like they should just do a special edition Series X of that or something. And the Series S is just a big S? Like... Uh, Scrooge McDuck's <laughs> I, bank. I got it back exactly. to the sphere thing that y'all brought up. I yeah. think the next Xbox thing, it'll be like the wait, shoot, I had the name for it. It was a dumb name, but the game pod. And it's just like, mm. it's like a, it's like a, it's like a home pod shape, like a little oh, circle. Okay. That doesn't seem I thought it was going to be like you sit inside of it. No, no Kyle. VR thing, you know, like. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> uh, Lynn writes in and says, I recently finished Day of the Diver, and wow, this might be my game of the year. The loop of improving your character and earning money by simulation management was a blast. Cute graphics, wholesome story, lots of surprises and scopes sealed the deal. If you all had to pick your game of the year right now, where are you at? Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. That's because I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3 yet. I have. Tears of the Kingdom. Wow. Hang on. Well, I, you're you, though. <laughs> yeah, you know not, what I mean? Who's surprised? Baldur's Gate is never going to be for me. Let no me. Why? Uh, I was immediately Kyle. like, never mind. That's like, okay. Yeah. It's like if I, Link was like, my favorite game was Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> hang I, I, Jeff, and take a big swig of that. The look on Jeff's face Starfield. was, he's a man who's going to say Starfield. He's going to zag and be like, I'm it's, not like the other gamers. You know, I'm the people's <laughs> well, gamer. I mean, it's too, it's too early to tell. But um, it's been it's been it's and part of it is like the surprise of it. So it's been it's been crawling up there. We'll Whoa. see once I have, mm. you know, naughty dog. Yeah. Uh, so the rockets, they meant nothing to you, huh? They choose the kingdom, the put little babies on the rockets and like you hit the rocket and then the baby flies away. Like, it is. Do you remember the babies? Very good. Yeah. Okay. Well, but Jeff, though, the question is, though, if you had to pick one today. Thank you. Yeah, that's true. Today. Um, yeah, I'd probably still go Tears of the Kingdom. Coward. Okay. He's not following his heart. You can see it. What are you it. doing, Ben? Uh, Tears of the Kingdom. But, uh, but, but, <laughs> but, but, He's not following for, just heart. for a tease, Hi-Fi Rush is right there. Right, right. there. And I want to replay it before, so uh, we'll see where it's going to end me up here. We'll see where it ends me up here. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Fernando Garay writes and says, Hello, MinMaxers. My question is, if internal conversations between MinMax cohorts leaked, how big of a mess would that cause? Would it be so damaging for the company that Ben would end up having to go work for Kind of Funny? Can you imagine anything <laughs> as horrific as that? <laughs> no, I can't. I, I, like, I like the idea that the leak would be so damaging <laughs> that you would then get another job at a different outlet. Of well, like, he is a white man, so. Yeah, <laughs> you know? the, they call, yeah, they call it the true. John Lasseter is what they call that. Ooh. Hey, mm. Kyle. Um, hang on. I'm sorry, Jan. I want to get to this question, but does it freak you out a little bit that our boy Brad Bird... That he's like, time to do my next animated film, and I'm going to John Lasseter's company. Isn't that a little bit of a red flag in your mind? Yeah, that's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Anyways, Jen, you're going to say something smart and relevant? <laughs> What's the question? Oh, yeah. What, how bad would it be? <laughs> yeah, it depends leaks. on what's leaking. Is it like our cohorts channel? Because that's nothing. Mm. Like, that's like maybe an accidental like embargo is broken. Like, right. oh, they know, I mean, they know that 
that we're going to talk about it on the 22nd. Now, if it's like personal messages, uh, I don't know. That's what I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what y'all talking about. Wow. <laughs> Are you having are you having more fun in the personal messages? Yeah, than what's going on? I'm not having more fun, but I'm saying stuff. I'm saying I'm 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 putting things out there. You know what I mean? It's wow. Apparently, scenes, right? Apparently, okay. good lord. Yeah. Seriously, if you, I mean, even to like Ben, like I mean, it's inherently more private if I message Ben and I don't message everybody, or like more <laughs> behind the scenesy, yeah. right? Like, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a private message. Well, uh, like company damaging worth of DMs. <laughs> you should see the messages Janice sends me. <laughs> uh, I don't think I, so, I, I but like it's like all, I don't know. It depends too on what it is. To like implode the company. Maybe I should just speak for myself. But <laughs> you are um, pretty. It boring. feels like what what kind of private secret things are people saying that could possibly have any kind of negative the uh, effect? If you really want to know. Uh, you could join the backstage past here. And look, I'm not trying to sell you on Patreon, but if you want to see us <laughs> off mic, we're we just yeah. open our DMs. Yeah, we're no, about I guess it'd exactly just be like the money same. stuff. Oh, that'd be interesting. Because you know? yeah, the okay. question is like, what would the what would the repercussions be? Right, I'm not right, saying oh, right, the, right. the company mm. has to get sold now, but it's like what kind of stuff, right? Because the question is like, if we were Microsoft, like what would come out? Yeah. You know? But it, unlike Microsoft, like we're a Patreon, and the amount that we get every month is publicly blasted on our Patreon page. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I feel I feel like we're like... have Sarah's thoughts on Starfield, because I've slacked her about that. Oh, save that for a podcast. She's very private when it comes to her opinion about <laughs> video games, so it would be tough to get that. Yeah, uh, like, yeah at, I think the, at the fine. end of the day, any... Any hot take that we had, Hanson would be begging us to share publicly. <laughs> right, right, right. Addresses? Oh, addresses. I yeah, have, that's like... Fair. I got okay. like slacked addresses. I slack addresses or my yeah. phone number. Like yeah, it could true. get pretty bad in a, in that sense, like in a yeah. privacy sense for things. <laughs> but nothing that, like, yeah. oh, now I'm not going to listen to the podcast because yeah. you said what your zip code was. You know what I mean? But, I like, think that's if, the kind of stuff that would come out. Yeah. I mean, I think if people listen to our meetings every Monday, they'd say eh, that's about right. <laughs> Except yeah. just kind of, it's kind of just a you know, boring walkthrough of things. Occasionally, yeah. Occasionally Sarah makes a good joke and that's about it. You get the idea. I wonder if people would be surprised by how much we plan or surprised by how little we plan. I think little. I think they'd be surprised by how quickly we toss out those new show plus ideas and work them into gold. <laughs> uh, okay. Jai Bones writes in and says, what's the biggest blunder you've had at work? Oh, I have a, I, this one's really embarrassing. Uh, I, when I worked at GameStop retail stores, mm. I once wrote a note, like this guy called and he wanted to like, put a game aside for him and he was an annoying gentleman who i found annoying because he was constantly badgering me for things so i wrote on the note hey uh i put this aside for this annoying guy with the mustache no (laughs) (laughs) and uh co-worker handed that to him directly when he uh came in to pick it up so that's your co-worker's Yeah, it was my coworker's yeah, fault. That's I mean, I fully take total credit for that. See, I shouldn't have written it, an insulting yeah. description of somebody Oof. on a, a note. But they knew who. But it worked, didn't it? Like they knew who to give it to. They knew who to give it to, and I felt terrible. And I took him aside in the corner of the store and apologized profusely. And I think I, I think I offer. I was like, I'll buy you something, man. Like with my, like oh my I God. just feel so terrible about this. And he was, he was genuinely hurt. Like I could tell, and oh, I don't blame him. And that's so that's like, did he come back ever? Yeah, he he did. He was like a regular customer. He uh, came back with weapons. So painful. But, yeah. How long yeah, did you but, work there after that? Uh, oh, uh, 
I still work at for GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Kyle. I, okay, you're not. You're. I went to GameStop the other no. day. You were ringing me up behind the register. Right. You know? No, that was, I was. I was an assistant manager at the time, and I remember. I I totally told my boss like immediately, and it was it was. It wasn't like, uh, oh, you need to be reprimanded for that. It was like, oh, my God, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that Jesus happened to you, Christ. Kyle. That sounds terrible. <laughs> what has happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that still haunts me to this day, for sure. That's funny. Sorry, a guy whose name I don't remember. I still, to this day, feel terrible about it, if you're listening. That's how you met Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no more mustache after that. Do you have a hot blunder, Jeff? A long time ago, I worked at the U of M in the um, like parking lots. Um, and I accidentally this is the University of Minnesota dropped, for folks. Yes, and I accidentally dropped the uh, you know the arm down on a car, <laughs> the car, and I felt uh, that was bad. But but there was like a there was you know like a lifer there who worked a really long time, and he he took uh, like the person you know backed up their car and was like, hey, scratched my car and whatever, and he jumped up and he was like, okay, look, and he he wrote down you know on like a post-it note and was like go to this address they'll buff that right out of your car because wow. i guess i don't know if it happens so often um that they have someone who can just like buff your car for you uh and so he really swooped in and took it for me was, was the person in the car really upset or were they like um no no it, she wasn't like yelling at me or anything but you know she was she wasn't happy that happened I to her car yeah. and i was like a you know teenager or whatever um <laughs> whatever. But, but that guy that guy on an on another occasion like he he really thought he, he was like a slick guy and and there like one another time uh like a a student came through and she was crying on her phone and he he rang up her ticket and then to be very considerate when he when he gave her change back he also like grabbed a couple kleenexes and put it and like handed it to her and and all I heard on like, was like she was like oh god now the you know like the clerk is like giving me tissue because of this and drove <laughs> off very embarrassed and was like you're not as smooth as you think old guy but Come you got on, me man. out of that one jam so that's sweet <laughs> yeah uh, Pablo Castillo writes and says shout out to Kyle and his after party recommendation it's a really good show oh yeah mm-hmm. oh my gosh I love that show um, and it ended so well it's so great there you go uh, jo- recommendation Jordan Doggett wrote in they say recently while playing resident evil zero i noticed that on the save file screen there's a copy of the new york times in the background this made me think of any other cases where real real life media or news outlets were featured in a game i couldn't think of any do you know of any others i this this question is really captivating to me like yet news media outlets in games because that is weird that new york times is in resident evil yeah I remember, isn't American Express in Final Fantasy 15? That's like different. Not different. Maybe, com- that's, yeah. It's not just companies. It's not like, oh, there's a Surge billboard on this PS1 game. But the, the thing that was weird to me was in Final Fantasy 15, it was like the American Express logo on like the door to the gas stations. Okay. Because like American Express exists in this world as a means that's of so like silly. payment. But that, also, yeah, American Express would never be taken at a random gas station. Like the whole thing is like, <laughs> yeah, you can't, it almost don't, never take Amex yeah, anywhere. Right. going overseas. So. Uh, I, this is the best I can come up with, but there's, I want more like some game must have licensed CNN to be in it or something, right? But like I think of uh, Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. There's a section where, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe it's just like 
light spoilers for Ultra Deluxe, which rules. You're walking through just a sea of reviews for the original Stanley Parable. And like they have the GameSpot review just like as this big thing on the wall that you go up and read and stuff in addition to a bunch of user reviews. So like having GameSpot, I guess, be incorporated in that game is something that's a little unique. But yeah. Well, um, Silent Hill 3, I learned this recently. Uh, uh, Blake Hester, Game Informer, is like going down the Silent Hill rabbit hole. Yeah. And Silent Hill 3, you could unlock T-shirts from like a dozen different uh, video game outlets, including Game Informer. Really? Like you could wear a Game Informer t-shirt or like a PlayStation Magazine t-shirt. Perfect. Um, yeah, and there was like a bunch of them. And I think Metal Gear Solid 3 has a couple of legitimate video game magazines oh, in it as well. Oh, yeah. That does seem right. About that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Very yeah. strange. Really? Game Informer t-shirt? I never knew that in Silent Hill. Yeah. That's oh, fun. I'll send you a picture. Um, Shandler wrote in <laughs> with a devastating question. What's the most recent song each of you can name? The most recent song? <laughs> yeah. Jeff, I'm, I'm looking at you, Hotshot, Mr. Starfield. No. Um, oh, I guess the Starfield theme from Imagine Dragons. Does that count? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, I. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, is this like the like recently came out song? Yeah. Yeah. You can name? Oh, okay. I thought it was like the first song that comes to your mind. No. Re- this oh. I was truly stumped, and I'm not proud of this. But I was like, "Oh, I think I saw some story about people being angry about some try it in a small town song." So maybe <laughs> I'll go with that one. If it's not that, and it's not the Imagine Dragon Star, really, you song, have your most recent song as a country music dog. Yeah, song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? Oh, other than that, we're probably going like seven years in the past before I can name one other song. I, I I got one. Okay, what do you got? Uh, but I it's WAP. What is oh, that? <laughs> that's a good one. Wow. What is that? What is that? Um, um, uh, I guess well, Olivia Rodrigo's new album Guts just came out, so I guess Bad Idea. I think is Bad the name idea? of the song. Okay, probably the most that counts. You know, I know Drake just released a single, but I'm purposely not listening to it because I want to wait for the full project. So okay. I won't count that. All right, Kyle, impress I mean, us. I, yeah, I. Even at the height of my music fandom, I was never really like a song title oh, guy. Pretty convenient. I would be like the okay. new one from Blank. But I, uh, the singer Aurora, uh, I've been sort of getting into lately because she did a song for the live action One Piece show, which is like a fine song. But she did other songs that I like quite a lot. She did one song called Running with the Wolves, which is just like it's one of the songs that just makes me cry just listening wow, to it. Like quite one of those kinds of songs. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mostly just listen to Synthwave on Spotify all day. <laughs> so I don't know what those titles are. It's just science fiction music like in the background while I'm yeah. writing and stuff like also, that. Also, Jeff, I'm like, are you like a fan of the song? Walk? Yeah, like, what, what is what is the song? The song, I don't is, know the song. The song is I had to word that really carefully because I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't what need this it? song, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's what you um, do with your time is between you and everybody else. <laughs> I, the world. I can't. I can't remember where I heard about it. What um, is it? But it you don't know this song? song by, um, look it up. No, just, just look it up. Just look it up. Ben. Look just it look up. up? Yeah. What don't, song? On your own time. No, look it up now. <laughs> Club, don't look it up now. Club <laughs> Remix by Mike K. What? I'm sorry. Is this like a... Actually, you know what? Do look it up now. Just like let's see what the lyrics are. J W A P song. W A P. Yeah, W A P. Not A P like A R P. Ben W A P. I was reload. Okay. Oh, Cardi B. Oh, okay. I know this song. Yeah. Okay, Jeffum. Interesting choice. But that song's years old at this point, right? 
It's a little old, yeah. Okay. It's, it's uh, three something years, years old. About like 2020. E2020, Hanson. <laughs> something about I, I don't know what that is, but. I told you, there's that song about a small Bongos town. Bongos by Cardi B is also really recent, too. That one came out like, a few weeks ago. I've resigned to the idea of, look, I want to stay on top of video games. I've resigned all knowledge about music, and I will exist in a black hole of idiocy for this one medium. Give me this one medium to know nothing about, I beg of thee. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Jeff Enright writes in, says, hello, Min Max. It's time for another round of Tag That Movie. You know the game. Just try to figure out what is the name of that movie after hearing its unique and exceptionally specific tagline. This will continue to be 2023 box office releases. This year. Yes. Okay. For example, the tagline, It's a Me, is the film Mario. Mutant Mayhem. That's oh. it. <laughs> Good bits. All right. So, tagline, guess the movie. <clears throat> Shout it out if anybody's got it. You can't run from your past. Such a mission impossible? No, but that's a very good guess. Oppenheimer. Um, no, uh, it fits the theme. It's a very that's interesting. Oppenheimer. No, think about there's a ongoing franchise from the seventies. I guess there's running. Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, running's an important part of the first movie for a certain montage. <laughs> Mission Impossible. No, no. Is it cr- uh, cr- Creed? Creed Three. Way to go! Okay. Yes, there we go. Uh, say hola to his little friends. Come on, Kyle. These are like minions, in theaters now? Some minions. 2023 minions. films. No, no new Minions movies this year. You're warm. So, is it some kind of animated little friends? You said this movie was good. Say hola to his little friends. I said it was good. Hola. Spanish speaking slash accented animated character from this year. In the Shrek universe. Oh, oh. Uh, Puss in Boots. And specifically... Last wish, ladies and gentlemen. Last wish. Last wish. It was on the tip of my tongue. That is a good movie. And you genuinely. said it was good. He, didn't it you? It was good. Right. How good is it if yeah, you remember? Apparently not very freaking good, man. I've never seen. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, here we go. Tagline. Ooh, this is a good tagline. New York, new rules. This is Mutant mayhem. No. Oh, interesting. <laughs> no, no, no. Apparently, this is a franchise that has never been in New York before. I guess it was a big deal that it finally came to New York. This is the sixth entry of a long-running series. They probably brought back Nev Campbell or something. Scream. <laughs> oh, Scream six. six. There we go. Six. Yeah. Uh, okay. Worlds collide. Worlds collide. Yeah. It collided George and they. stands of the movie. And they said, isn't it a big deal that we got these worlds colliding? Look, we brought this person out of retirement in this franchise to come back <laughs> to this role. Thrones? Nope. And oh. everybody said, we're fine. We don't need to see it in the theaters. We're okay. And they said, but look, we got this guy from this 1989 hit film. He's playing the character again that you all love. And we said, Indiana we know. Jones. No, no. And we all said, yeah, we know he's back. We just don't really, we don't really care enough. Yeah, and, Indiana Jones. No. And then, they, and then they said, well, what if we sold this movie for you by um, putting the, the star of it in jail or whatever? And then they weren't uh, able to do press for it because they were a very troubled individual. But hey, look at this other person we brought out of retirement. 
The Flash, ladies music. and gentlemen. I don't know what the this Flash. is. The Flash. <laughs> that was tough. I'm oh. too busy listening to music to. What's music? To, to see music? Any of Who'd this? they bring back for it? Michael Keaton's Keaton. Batman, man. Yeah. Oh. Uh, hot Keaton take there. is. I quite enjoyed The Flash and thought that movie was Whoa. actually really good. I really liked The Flash a lot. Hey, Kyle, you want to time travel just like The Flash does back to 2020 and we can finally settle the debate about who's a more well-known character, The Flash <laughs> or Sonic the Hedgehog, considering Flash made like $14 in the theater and Sonic the Hedgehog made $3 billion? Yeah, but like there's a difference between knowing who the character is versus going to a theater to see them. You're you still arguing in the year 2023 that the Flash <laughs> yeah. is more well known than I Sonic think more the Hedgehog? People know the Flash than Sonic the Hedgehog. That is still, an outrageous take, and it makes me mad three years into this terrible take. I don't tell you. Well, you should tell yourself. There's that no you're way wrong. of knowing, so we could just argue this. There forever. is box office results. Okay, speaking of no way of knowing, <laughs> nobody saw this film. The tagline is, home is where the haunt is. Home is where the haunt is? Home is where the haunt is. This is um, another adaptation of Boogie a classic, Man? nope, a classic property that they rebooted, or re- that they made into a film once before with Eddie Murphy. And people said- Haunted House. Haunted House, Kyle guesses. Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion is the correct Thank answer. You. There we go. All I right. rode that ride recently. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Good nice, ride. man. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, who needs heroes when you have thieves? Good movie from 2023. Came out earlier. I don't think we should thumbs this question up anymore. Sorry. <laughs> Whoever made it, like, it's a good game. We're not the right player. Right, correct. I, know, I love it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I love it's it. me. I love it. I'm really bad at this. Uh, this uh, du- Dungeons and Dragons. Honor Among Thieves. Uh, there we go. Another yeah. good movie from this year. It is good. Yeah, um, I like Dungeons and Dragons also. You know what's weird in that movie, though? Is Chris Pine, he says, he says, oh, something, something on our way to Baldur's Gate. <laughs> yeah. And it was weird that it's like, it's so weird that I think in the gaming world you say Baldur's Gate. But I wonder in the D&D, D&D world, is that, do you put the emphasis on Baldur? Baldur's Gate. It just felt weird coming out of his oh. mouth, you know? Yeah, I, I was funny. I, I had the same reaction. I, th- I think it was Hugh Grant says it at some point. And I'm like, why is he referencing that PlayStation 2 video game from like 2003? <laughs> I was like, oh, right. This is a whole universe. Then. Uh, and this was before Baldur's Gate 3 took over the world. Everybody, so. uh, okay, last one. I promise, Janet. And then we're going to go back into rebirth conversations. Uh, get in line. 2023 film. Get in line. Surprise hit. That everybody, when they heard the title of this movie, said, there you go. It's like snakes on a plane. It's right there. Right there. And if you want to see it, you want to see it. Cocaine Bear? Yes, Janet, Cocaine Bear. Way to go. Well done. Well done. Not a great movie. That's so embarrassing that that's the one I got right. The one where it's like, (laughs) hey, think of something dumb. And I'm like, I got you guys. Don't worry. There it (laughs) is. Uh, let's see. Aging poorly writes in says, Hey, been in the CLCs new patron thrilled to be part of the community. Thank you. Jumped into to compete in trivia tower. Nice to see you. Uh, I've got a better quest goal and I need to be held accountable for it. I'm doing all right with the big stuff, but it's the littlest, smallest time commitment things in my life where I struggle. First up dental health. I Mm. must start brushing my teeth twice a day and actually using the water pick I bought. That's interesting. I, I feel like I made a pivot maybe 10 years ago of doing the two times a day teeth brushing. Like I never really have cavities, but I was always just once a day. And then it's like, you know what? Doing it at night. It does. It does feel better. Yeah. I, so I've always been decent at it, 
but the one thing that really got me to commit to it this is like a weird thing that i don't know if it would be helpful but i i, I would wear a mouthpiece to help me with snoring mm. and that would make my mouth taste like extra terrible in the morning and uh, I also didn't want to put it in without brushing my teeth. So that got me into the habit. And now I don't use the mouthpiece as much, but I still retain the brushing the teeth thing. Interesting. So just put something gross in your mouth overnight is my suggestion. Yeah. You can just get ready for bed at like maybe a little bit earlier than you do. The only I I mean, I've always like brushed twice a day because that's just what you're like taught to do. But like I, I miss sometimes, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I'm human. It's like, oh, I also have slept in my makeup before. Like it happens, right? It happens. Like, um. Same for washing my face. I wash it twice a day, but if I get lazy, I might not do it at night. Um, for me, it's just doing it a little bit earlier, yeah. which is only kind of with brushing your teeth is then you can't eat afterwards. So it's like you got to kind of be done snacking. Well, that, but Yeah, that's a good way to get your to commit to stop yeah. snacking as mm. well. Jeff, oh, but then now we're just losing two things. I think, too, um, I don't know, like maybe pair something with it. Like I for like a night routine, like sometimes I'll watch like a little show or like I'll like chip away at a documentary or I'll like watch something or whatever. And then I like using an electric toothbrush and I'm basically all in on electric. I'm using a manual right now because I just had some cleaning done and my teeth are like gums are like more sensitive. Um, and if I use a manual, I use the Pokemon Smile app because you catch a Pokemon. Oh, no. And it's awesome. <laughs> OK, but I only I only use it for a manual because technically I learned not too long ago that when you use electric, you're not supposed to brush it the way you do with a manual. Like you're not supposed to be going back. Yeah, you're not supposed to just be going back and forth. I had no idea. Like Jeff, I'm dead. No, you're nodding. I know if you also made this. I learned this like only a few years ago that you're supposed to kind of just like run it across or maybe like go on the individual teeth if you want to be fancy. But you're not supposed to go back and forth. Slowly go over everything. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's kind of like you just don't brush it the same way. And the Pokemon Smile app is geared more towards manual brushing where it's a back and forth motion. But there yeah, you there you go. You can get unlock different hats and stuff. It's very cute. Um, so there you go. Yep. So Pokemon no sleep idea. and then wake up and Pokemon brush your teeth and then Pokemon go to the bathroom. Pokemon smile that, is the name of the that's game. Right, that's right. Uh, Sam oh. Worms writes in and they say, do y'all have any road trip games? My wife and I play one where I name a movie. She names an actor in that movie and then I have to name another movie the actor's in and so on. Oh, we fun. play until cute. someone stumps the other. That does sound fun. That's a good one, Sam. Uh, anybody else got any go-to road road trip winners? Um, when I'm driving, looking for all the letters through the alphabet on like signs or whatnot, that oh, you go past. So that's you start fun. at A and you have to get down. It does do um, license plates count? License, absolutely. Okay, all right. You're not, you're not getting all your X's and Z's without uh, <laughs> license plates. Uh, yeah, I think um, we'd like to play. The one that I heard from Comedy Bang Bang, but I think it's like a improv game overall, Kyle. But you know the one, right, where you say yeah. two words and try to meet in the middle. All right, Kyle, and it goes a little something like this. You ready? <clears throat> yeah. Ready? All right. One, two, three. Zoo. Tofu. Zoo and tofu. Zoo and tofu. So we have to say the word that is exactly in between those two words. You know what we're saying, Janet? Not yeah. the word, but you can oh, between the words. Yeah, the word yeah. that is exactly in between those two words, and we see how long it takes us to get to it. Okay, ready? Zoo yeah. and tofu. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> Three, two, one. Bird, monkey, bird and monkey. Bird okay. and monkey. Okay. You have one? Yeah. Okay, here we go, Kyle. Ready? Uh, bird and monkey. <clears throat> Come uh, on, Kyle. Okay, okay, all right, yeah. Three, two, one, tree. Chimpanzee. 
chimpanzees Jeff, can you believe we're just, like, not allowed to play? Like, I know. We're just sitting <laughs> and, in the back. <laughs> and neither of them said Oz, which is blowing my mind. Oz? Oz? There's birds. Oh, that monkeys. would, yeah. Jesus. Okay, okay. All right. I guess What did you sense. say, Ben? Tree! Yeah, that's good. Okay, I'm, okay, okay. Yeah, Tree really and chimpanzee. We got it, we got it. Tree and chimpanzee. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. Diddy. Swing. <laughs> Diddy and swing. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay yeah uh, okay into that one right can we um yeah diddy and swing of course hold of on course. i gotta look up something no we got it we got it Kyle. ready ready <laughs> i don't have anything well you got it you got it can We're i tap in jeffum yes you can tap know. in jeffum yeah okay Jeff, diddy I'm and swing here we go three, three two, two one. one rap music oh Okay, rap? rap and music. I thought y'all would say Kong. Well, that that's good. Kong? Diddy and Swing, Diddy Kong, Swing. Like, I don't know, swing yeah. From yeah. Like I was trying I was to look up the f- name of the Game Boy Advance game. I think it's called DK Jungle Swing. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was going to do Jungle. That's why, like, okay, but, yeah, right? The yeah. Kong element. No, I was I, I was going for the DK rap, uh, swing music. I was trying to tie it in there. Um, okay, so, mm. Jeffum, we have rap and music. You ready? <clears throat> ready, Jeffum? Don't blow it. Three, two, one. Well, wait, I, I <laughs> what are you doing? Say. What are you doing? I say it. it. Say it. I blew it. Um, uh, poetry. Okay, so WAP okay. and poetry. <laughs> oh, you actually did WAP? Yes. See, I didn't want to bring it back up because oh, then I, I felt God like God forbid. Be, God forbid. I think, honestly, those are the same thing. WAP and poetry. <laughs> so I think we're No, good. no, no. We got it. We got it. All right. Ready? Jeff, we got it. Uh, pretty clear. Pretty clear. Just, just you, just go with it. You know the point of these games is when you have nothing to do. Like, aren't we like doing a show that we could continue with? What are you talking about? Okay, Janet's taking over. What's the? Next? I don't have the questions in front of me. Here's a question, Ben. How dare you? Yeah, I guess that's right. <laughs> Who do you think you are? No, we got We got to finish this. There's no way we're getting okay. out of this show. All right, Jeff. I'm, okay. This could be New Show Three. Plus if you want. Wait, though. what was it again? Is <laughs> poetry and and WAP? And WAP, yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, no, it's Okay, okay, here we go. Okay. Three, Three two, two, one. One. Art. Party. Cardi and art. Now we're screwed. Now we're like circling the drain, okay. but we're at what different, I've learned different is that despite spots. y'all knowing each other for like ten years or something, you don't have any connections. Kyle what blew I've it actually on tree. Kyle blew You're it just on a tree. group of men who met a long time ago and like yeah. you sit together sometimes. Started, like yeah. that's started, it. Like you, yeah. there's not like a deeper sink. No, there, that's what we that's almost fine. called the podcast, Janet. A group of guys group of that met a couple years ago. Yeah, and if our meetings yeah. leaked with people, no and we invented it, no one else has done that before. It's never been done in the industry. What do y'all? What do y'all like? <laughs> what do you like for a question of the week, everybody? <laughs> I like the embarrassing uh, employment stories. Oh. I like to get that off my chest. Make I that like public. that. I like that. I like the New York Times and Resident Evil Zero thing. It was so specific. Um, I like the leak thing. I like the recent song thing. Uh, Jeff and Janet, how you feeling? I defer to Jeff. Um. Oh. Um, the mic didn't even pick it up. Jeff, I'm take that. He said, "Damn it." <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah, let's go with uh, embarrassing work story. Sure. <laughs> All right. There you go, everybody. That is Jai Bones winning the grand prize. Congratulations to you at the Mario soundtrack vinyl. Jeff, I should have said Cardi. 
I blew it there. Yeah, I blew it, was, it, there. it was. I blew it there. I blew it there, and I acknowledge it. You, you, you thought you you thought about See, it too much. I was. I, I want, blew the. I blew the one right before that. So I was overthinking. You know. I'm like, oh, do I go like George O'Keefe or something? But it's like you can. <laughs> it's like I was gonna spin out in a whole different direction. Uh, okay, now it's time for something we call get a load of this. Okay, hey, get a load of this, everybody. Maybe everybody already knew this, but I just learned it from a podcast today. Do you know what Billy D. Williams's full name is? Is I thought D was like D E E. I thought like that was no. His full okay. name, Lando from Star Wars. His full name is William. Uh, I prefer Harvey Dent from uh, Batman. Nineteen eighty nine. Well, obviously you're a master of Batman <laughs> trivia. That's right. His full name is William December Williams. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? December. They really turn that around. Yeah, I like you know you, you get a name at birth that you can't help and but he likes he spruced that up. I feel oh, like wait, he'd be Billy more D. famous. Yeah, it's it's an awesome yeah, name, William December cool Williams. Name. Yeah, I feel like you should just go by William that. William December Williams. Yeah, it's badass. December Williams. Imagine if that was on the poster for Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, but your name that is William Williams. That's cool. If your middle name's December, that's cool, man. William right. Williams is dumb. I agree with you, Jeff. I'm like, uh, exactly my you. point. Come Thank you. Thank you. All right, Jeff. I'm, wow, us. What do you got? Uh, <laughs> that was the whole thing. Okay. Uh, get a load of this. Um, this was, uh, it's a CBS news article because they, they put out the best news, surely. Uh, but it's an, there was an uh, artist um, whose name was Jens Hanning. Uh, he, he got sued for $84,000 by a museum. After handing in blank canvases titled Take the Money and Run. Um, and so basically, I guess this museum had hired him to redo an older artwork that he had done that involved money. Uh, so they gave him $84,000 yeah. to make this piece. Uh, with the, but he signed a contract that said he would give the money back after the show was over. Um, and instead he gave him the blank canvases and they accepted them because they said, well, you know, that's a novel idea <laughs> and we're museum idiots anyway. Yeah. Uh, but then once the contract was over, he didn't give the money back. Uh, and it, it apparently turned into a very long, drawn out court um, case. But it was they art? finally. They, yeah, they, they finally uh, decided that he had to give like seventy four thousand dollars back because of the art commission and the price of hanging the paintings apparent or empty canvases uh, constituted some kind of payment but um he's a real stinker apparently in the art world i love it uh janet you got one yeah get a load of this uh this creator named their whether like handle is emily harpus their name seems to be emily hopkins um they did this tiktok i don't know if they're all their contents like this or how often they do this but the shtick is um making music to a video game that they haven't played with an instrument they've never used perfect so and they did abzu and it came out just beautiful completely captured the vibe like it was just an extremely talented moment so awesome there we go love it yeah her her stuff's awesome because she's like obsessed with pedals like that to manipulate sound that she plugs into a harp so she gets all kinds of like crazy cool cool. sounds and yeah she's really talented i i I enjoy her account yeah i love it uh kyle uh hey get a load of this this really surprised me today uh, uh, Netflix announced that they're doing an anime adaptation of Onimusha, Ooh, the Capcom game, funky. which is like 
cool. That's weird and unexpected. But then to make it even crazier, it's like being co-directed by um, Takashi Miike, who directed Ichi the Killer, and he did the live-action Phoenix Wright movie. He's this Whoa. like hugely prolific director who's just done like crazy stuff. He did the uh, audition, which is this wild horror movie. But it was just it just struck me as especially odd because it was like this is a franchise that like. I don't know that really is at the front of anyone's mind. I like Onimusha a lot and it's like, yeah. cool, I'll take the adaptation. But then him being the co-director just made it all the more stranger yeah. and weirder. That's good. Uh, oh, and one more like little tidbit is that game has was early in the sort of using actors as licenses as their protagonist characters. And the second game in particular used an actor who had passed away in the late 80s. who's like a famous Japanese actor. And the anime is doing the same thing. It's... um. It has the likeness of um, an actor named Toshiro Mifune, who died many, many years ago. It's huh. it's really strange, um, but I think I'm going to watch it because I like Onimusha. There it is. Uh, Jeff, are you pulling from the community? Yeah, get a load of this. This is from um, Nick Magnier, I'm going to guess. Um, and it's Waffle House Training Pull Drop Mark Order Calling Method. And it's basically a 25-minute... Um, you know, like employee educational video where, where some waffle house manager walks them through the insane way that they like the back, you know, the kitchen lingo and things of how you make orders at the waffle house and how they lay it out. And so like the first five minutes is basically them like what, what they say to the cooks when, when they start cooking. But after you get past that, they have this insane, like, plating strategy where it's like if you put a you know like a jam jam packet up on the bottom of the plate that means it's like a regular two eggs and grits order but if you put a napkin plus like a sugar packet on it that means they want oatmeal instead of grits but if it's just the napkin then it's grits in a bowl instead and if the like the packets flipped over then it means all this other and it it gets crazier and crazier and the top comment on the story says i'm watching this at three in the morning i'm a computer engineer and this is a lot to take in <laughs> um, and it's just an an insane uh system that you should go watch because it's very fun there we it go it reminds me there's this mr show sketch called i'll just I'll, it's called Marilyn mozzarella i'll send it to you do you know that one jeff i'm you're a mr show fan no, right don't. it reminds me of that i'll send it to you it's very funny there you go uh and that get a load of this came from the community discord over there if you get uh support us on patreon you have access to the discord and we have a whole channel dedicated to the get a load of this uh tidbits from everybody in the community it's the best way to keep up on random news little factoids all that stuff it's i like it uh and we showed it off recently um, in a tour that's on youtube right now with Haley mclean the community manager and i showing off the discord um, so if you hear us talking about the Discord, it's like, hey, the Discord is the heart of the Minimax community. We say that a thousand times, but I'd imagine 50% of you watching this or listening to this are like, I don't know what Discord is. They keep talking about it. It's some nonsense. It's confusing. <laughs> uh, it really isn't. And so check out that tour on uh, YouTube just to get a glimpse of what we're talking about when we talk about how cool to get a load of this channel or how friendly the Minimax community is inside that Discord. Uh, so please check that out. It's on our YouTube channel. Otherwise, we have a new episode of Max Spoilers. Uh, that's up right now. It is with Haley McLean and Sarah Podzorski unpacking Act 2 of Baldur's Gate 3. They did Act 1 before. This is 
Act two. They're basically doing a deepest dive over there, <laughs> one act at a time, but uh, they're super Just fans. Don't let, don't let them know. Oh, don't let them know, please. It's more of a game club. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, yeah, the new show Plus that went live this week, I think, is a really fun one where it's Sarah and Leo touring a museum of illusions in the Mall of America. It's, it is as fun as you would imagine that would be. So you can check that out on our YouTube channel. Vote for more episodes on Patreon. Otherwise, just a reminder, if you want to geek out about Final Fantasy VII with me and there's a lot more to talk about, uh, please call into Party Chat. You can support us at the MinMax Council tier and call in and podcast with me directly on Monday uh, at 12 p.m. Central. That's Monday the 25th. It's just your Discord. It's not complicated at all to call in. It'll be a piece of cake and let's geek out about this thing together. Otherwise, if you support us at the $5 tier, you can just listen to that geek out session in the bonus podcast feed right in your favorite podcast app. Also, we mentioned the next community meetup. Um, the next community meetup for MinMax here uh, is happening in Seattle. This is for our fourth anniversary. Uh, so it's happening on Sunday, October 22nd, and it is happening in Seattle specifically at a restaurant slash bar called Petoskey's, P-E-T-O-S-K-E-Y, but otherwise known as the Minnesota Bar. There's a Minnesota-themed bar in Seattle, so that is where we're going to have our community meetup. So if you're in the Seattle area, you want to come down to Petoskey's in the Fremont area, we'd love to have you come by at 7 p.m. Central, Sunday, October 22nd. We hope to see you there. It'll be Kelsey and I and some other friends of the show, stuff like that. So swing on by and help celebrate the fourth anniversary of MinMax here. Uh, And I think that's it for this episode of the MinMax Show Podcast. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this gosh darn thing. And thank you to everybody who supports us at the $50 tier on Patreon, the Game Champion tier. I'm talking about PrettyGoodPrinting.com, who's the champion of subspace. Rob Bob Will, who's the champion of King's Quest VI, Air Today, Gone Tomorrow. And Procyon number 6, who's the champion of Ghost of Tsushima. Jeff, have you got any wise words for us on this uh, protracted podcast? Um, Be good, have fun. I don't know. Janet, you want to take it from here? Oh, hang on. Hang on, Jeff. Hang on. Okay. Let's, what's in between be good and have fun? We'll count down on the count of three. Ready? Okay. Yep. Okay. I got it. I got it. Three, two, one. Let's go. Oh, (laughs) yes.